What, um, what are the prospects for return of anthology drama? Now, I know that this is a, a point that's continually raised, and uh, it seems that the economics of the business dictates against it. Uh, sponsors uh, don't like to be associated with programs that have different casts every week. They like to be able to buy the star, mm -hmm. like Lauren Green, so he can step out of character right. and sell the uh, Chevrolets. That's no? right. Mm. And uh, that, of course, has been a major deterrent to the anthology concept. And to date, every time I talk to any network people and they say, what have you got for us? which is becoming increasingly rare. Uh, I'm hardly approached at all anymore, except for a cigarette in the hall if they've run out. Uh, and I will say, well, why not a marvelously exciting, regularly scheduled dramatic show which makes comment on the times? Good God, there's enough controversy and drama, you know, implicit in our daily lives to warrant a dramatic approach. And they in turn say, no, not anthology. <laughs> Come on, we're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And we have a special guest that's going to step aside and sell us some uh, Chevrolets. We have uh, Richard joining us again uh, this season. Hello. Hello. I, I just got back from Aunt T's licking <laughs> some... Uh, Looking some sweet, sweet icing off my fingers. Yeah. Just, just, just swimming back from the Alabama bewitching pool to join us yep. here. You know, you know, that old Tom Without Sawyer washing is. your hands too, right? Yeah. Right out of the, the, the watering hole or whatever the hell they called it. Yeah. So do you, do you prefer a skinny witch or a fat witch? That's the question I have to ask you. Um, I was really waiting for her to eat those kids, but damned if she did not. So I'm more of a fan. I of call a, her, yeah. I call her a disappointing witch. <laughs> uh, that's true. Thumbs down. I, I'm, uh, I'm more of a, I'm more of a man, witch. Myself. man, witch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man, witch is good. I like my man, witch sloppy. There you go. Sloppy man, witches. That's, mm. that's going to be our new podcast. That's just going to be us, uh, getting drunk and watching witch movies. That's just going to be a bunch of sloppy man witches. That's a great idea. Yeah, right? I'm so that's marketable. Yeah. There you go, right? Yeah. We should call Rod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, I hope you guys um, joined us for our discussion about the Bewitching Pool last week for the last episode, uh, season five. This is our season five, and um, just because it, it's the last season, the season series wrap-up for the Twilight Zone. So, the format's going to be a little different as is with our season, season wrap-ups. And we've asked Richard on the show because he's been with us uh, multiple times during the season. We had him in here for Terry, tw Terror, Terry at 20,000 feet, which is a way different episode. <laughs> it was whoa. just Terry on the wing the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you were on for an occurrence at uh, Terry Creek Bridge. Uh, and um, and then we and we did the, re the, you know, the revisit of the invaders in which there was tiny Terry's all over the place. Um, very Terry-focused episodes. We'll and that. throughout all these episodes, mm -hmm. I could not find the beer. 
<laughs> that, that's the thing that pissed me off the most. Where's the beer? Where's the beer? Yeah. So you've been on for multiple episodes. So I figured, and since you've joined us watching all of these, um, and you, I, I hope you've enjoyed this journey with us. I think it would be, I think it's wonderful to have another voice in here to talk about like this, uh, you know, what, 35 episodes, 36 episodes. Um, yeah, because it would be nice to have another voice and opinion in here as well. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, um, I mean, had I not, you know, just watch the sounds and silences recently. I, I might have really concurred with you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's it's really been enjoyable throughout this the last however many episodes. Just keeping uh, keeping a score along with you guys and making sure I didn't listen to the uh, podcast prior to having watched the episode myself. So, yeah, I just like you know, like I think there's I think there's a certain uh, amount of like extra enjoyment like whenever something like a project like this which I drunkenly pitched in a backyard like many moons ago um, that I, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, that I, I think there is fun in binging things, but there's also like a, like a, like, you know, set it and forget it kind of mentality there, at least with this good and bad and bewitching pool. Uh, you have a moment to let things kind of sit and ruminate and then it gives you a chance to honestly be, you know, like to think about it and want to talk about it. So thank you for joining us for this. Thank you for all listeners that have been joining us for the journey. Um, so yeah, I think that this is all of our victory lap and I, 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 I am remiss that I didn't ask others to give us their tops and, and bottoms for the, for the year or for the season, but I'm sure, you know, you guys will be able to provide that in the feedback once we're done with this episode. Cause I cannot wait to, he- to hear everybody else's opinions. I think that'd be a lot of fun before we get to all that though, cause we're going to have a top five, sorry, a bottom five frustrating five and a top five. I just kind of want to set the stage about like, cause we're going to talk about the season five more in full as we go through our lists. Right. Cause I think that's kind of where we're going to land with everything. I want to talk about the aftermath of the twilight zone a little bit. I kind of want to get to the end before we get to um, the review. If you guys will allow me no. spoilers. I told everybody that's what I was going to do for start recording. So of course they're going to be like, of course, sure. Whatever. Anyway. So um, for my multiple books that I have, this will be my last time using. So now from here on out, it's going to be um, uncharted waters. And I want to sound like a goddamn idiot. Chaos. Chaos. It's going to be pure, pure chaos. chaos, right? So this is uh, from the twilight zone, unlocking the door to television classic by Martin Graham's jr. An amazing, amazing resource. Please. If you guys have any interest in the twilight zone, you should pick it up. Uh, so here we go. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Page 145. Everybody turn their hymnals. All right, here we go. Um, all right. <clears throat> From the book of Sterling, uh, page 145. Um, the fifth and final season came with noticeable restrictions on both writers and producers. Uh, we use a number of writers on the show. Sterling committed, uh, commented in 64. Generally, they are men who, uh, whose literary talents are well known to us. And almost all of them, without exception, are published in other literary fields. At the moment, there have been roughly uh, 20 men involved in more or less regular employment in this regard. We are forced to limit the size of our cast because of budget problems. Ours is a show which suffers one of the smallest budget allotments of any anthology extant. Therefore, it is much to our advantage if we hold the speaking roles down to any given production to approximately five or six. Our shooting schedule is a straight three-day schedule prior to this year, meaning season five. Uh, we were able to have one day of rehearsal. This too, for economic reasons, has gone by the board. Uh, the snags that are often run into uh, as as to ideas or interpretations are usually production problems. Uh, we're asked to film pa- uh, patently difficult areas of drama, which for reasons of budget force us into more accommodating areas. Um, I think that speaks a lot 
when we get to the bigger picture about season five, where they knew they had guardrails of what they could and couldn't do. And also getting that, that extra day of rehearsal taken away from them to what kind of iron out the, 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 the bugs or whatever, um, the wrinkles. Cause you don't, I mean, I guess you iron out bugs if it's bed bugs, but iron out the wrinkles. Um, I think that's also very telling of the season. So let me continue. Uh, by June 64, the series was coming to a close and Sterling offered both an apology and an explanation to his fans. Toward the end of the Twilight Zone, it appeared that we had hit uh, fewer and fewer truths and our probing became conspic- conspicuously shallow. I do believe, however, that this is simply time and attrition operative. Five years is a long time to delve into anything meaningful on a weekly basis. So I believe it is with no sense of lament that we leave the air. So... Um, just to get your guys' take on that. And also the, the intro that we used, um, and I'm putting my thumb up, like I'm pointing so people can see Terry can see, uh, was from a video from the library of Congress. That was a couple years after the twilight zone was finished. Uh, it's a 30 minute video. I would recommend people watch it. I think we'll put it on the Facebook page. Um, and him talking about like kind of like the death of anthology. Um, so what do you guys think about that? The, those statements so far as we go into the end of the twilight zone, what, you, what do you have to say about it? Richard first. Well, it, it just sounds like, especially the, the final statement that he made there, he was just kind of resigned by that point. Like, well, it, it, the big apology to the fans, like, yeah, sorry, this is kind of what happened. And we were all kind of saying without saying we were all depressed. It sucked. It, things kind of went by the wayside and we just let it there. So I'm, I'm sorry for that. And it, yeah, it almost sounds like he says no one's going to mess us when we're gone, which couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's ones. funny that you say that because that's foreshadowing something that's going to come a little later. So <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's what I got out of it. So right. Terry, take it away. Yeah, it just it seems that at least that he had the ability to have the platform tell people what was really going on behind the scenes. Um, he probably wanted that most than any more than anything. You know, like him always being the spokesperson for the show being at the forefront, giving the narrative and all that stuff. I think he really wanted to say something about it. And I'm glad that he went on this interview and did that. Yeah. So with that being said, um, like, and I think I'll say that there's some quotes here a little later. I'm probably going to retread familiar ground. Like he wanted the show to go on because it was his, but there's also like a financial purpose at that point too. Um, But at the same time, it's like, you know, just for we learned early on that the first couple seasons, the first three seasons, at least he was uh, contractually obliged to write like 80% of the scripts or something. So like he was working, working, working. And I know that he said like the end of season three, he felt like a, like a bag of potatoes left out in the sun to rot or whatever. So the, the dude had been run over. Right. Um, but that was the price he paid to get creative control, to get his show on the air after season three, uh, we learned that CBS had been sniffing around at like, hey, maybe we should do an hour-long format. Maybe we should do this. And there was no guarantee they're going to be picked up. And because they got switched to the hour-long, they brought in a different producer. Um, part of my thesis for season four, season five, is that the, C- the the producer for seasons one through three was a gentleman by the name of Buck Houghton, who was kind of in lockstep with Rod in terms of how they want to do the show. And there was like, it was like, I've heard the phrase, like keeping the hand on the tiller. I think Buck was that guy that was able to do that. And not that, not that I'm saying that like he didn't have producers later that 
did okay things, but Buck was like, that was his man, right? And But Buck had to step away because there was no guarantee of continuous work. So after he left, they switched to the hour long. And then after that point, you know, it waffled back to the half hour. And it, so like this whole thing was CBS trying to be like, well, it has a dedicated number of people. It has fans. Uh, you'll hear all these arguments that CBS says this thing was not, it was like over budget and like costing them money. It really wasn't. It was. Just, it just was not making them as much as they hoped. So they've always were trying to tweak and push and push and push. And I think that just kind of just just eventually just squished Rod. I think he was just kind of done with it. Like he wanted to go on from a financial standpoint, but creatively he was good walking away from it. It's kind of the vibe I get from it. And and it's uh, it's that's very fair because uh, you know he had he had his time. He put out a good product. Um, he had some hurdles to jump over throughout the entire uh, experience and that. And to see that he was going to have these people looming over him the entire time and trying to have creative control more than he was and always having that push on him. You may as well walk away, man, because you're never going to be happy, you know. And, you know, he had a family and everything like that. And he was pursuing other things. So it's like, do your own thing, man. Like, let them let them find the next uh, lightning in the bottle. Yeah. So um, I have here, there was an epitaph that was put out on July 31st, 61. Uh, his secretary, uh, Patricia Temple, forwarded to Dick Israel of uh, the Press Information Department, CBS Television City, um, an epitaph which was uh, prematurely suited for the demise of the series. It said, uh, <laughs> here lies the body of a fellow named Rod who lies under posies deep down in the sod. He had all of his battles with sponsors and nets over what should have come on and come off on the sets. The admin will not miss his baitings, but at least underground, he won't worry about ratings. Wow. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that was pretty great. Um, yeah. Is that where we start snapping our fingers? Yeah. Like yeah, we're yeah. In the coffee it's shop? Like, yeah. It's like this. It's like, and then we hear Mike Myers talking about woman, woman. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so once the show was officially canceled and we'll talk about what, what may have happened after that, I just found out that days after the cancellation, uh, Rod Serling, who was a paratrooper in the service, actually got an open invite from the 82nd Airborne Division uh, out of Fort Bragg to come jump. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go up an airplane and jump out of it right now. So just days after his series got canceled, he's like, I'm going to go up an airplane and I'm going to jump out of it. And he did. That's a, that's a great way to be like, that will clear your mind and probably give you a little bit of perspective. So or clear your bowels too. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Forget um, that noise. <laughs> so, uh, additionally, yeah, right. Um, I mean, at least at least he landed versus that one guy we talked about a few episodes ago that jumped out of a plane and put his recording <laughs> yeah, teeth. He was trying to be oh, a yeah, joker. Yeah, yeah, and it just fell to his death. <laughs> like, Not that that's funny, but... Yeah, but uh, kinda, kinda, you know, whatever. <laughs> kind of is. So, uh, so, Terry, I want to show you... Uh, there's a photo in another book I have here. It's The Twilight Zone Companion by Mark Scott Sacree. There is a... Um, a funeral thing set up for the twilight zone. Oh, and it's like a tombstone and all that like reefs. And yeah, everything. do you recognize the sign behind it? It's, it's the sign from uh, Mr. Gary in the grave. Oh God. About happiness, Arizona. Yeah. They changed it a little bit to read uh, the twilight zone. This plaque commemorates the 128 people killed during the production of its turbulent five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think that was kind of fun. They had some cynical son of a bitch on their on their uh, crew there. That's yeah, funny. And I think that's great. Right? That's funny. Yeah, because there was actually, I think there's a picture of Rod sitting in front of the tombstone with his, his arms over, <laughs> folded over. Uh, so then, with that being said, so... Uh, since CBS didn't want to go forward with another season of the Twilight Zone, which because of <laughs> the success of an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, bringing the show under budget for that season, um, it was still a thing that could possibly draw, right? So uh, NBC passed. Uh, so ABC was like, sure, we can do a sixth season, but since CBS owned the rights to the name, the Twilight Zone, or like the concept... They had to do something different. So, so what ABC originally wanted to do, they, they, one of the producers over there was like, Hey, what if we call the series witches, warlocks and werewolves? And it was after there was a collection of short stories that Rod had edited together called, uh, witches, werelocks and werewolves, uh, certainly hated the name, which rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. There was a whole thing too, where he was like, he talked about how like, um, the producer, he was like, yeah, this guy just wants to like just exist in graveyards. I don't know how I feel about that. Like he was just being like, I don't agree with that concept. <laughs> this guy's and, a ghoul. <laughs> and the producer, the producer kind of heard it, but didn't necessarily take it in context and was like, all right, I guess we're done. Cause they said that the idea was buried as of then. Uh, but then Rod wrote him a letter being like, you like, I, that was like, you need to understand what I was saying. Like no offense to you. However, he had pitched a counter, um, a counter concept. And I'm going to read to you what this was called. And this could have, and you can see this is the the seeds for something else that's going to come later. So on March 11th, uh, he submitted a proposal for a series. More to his liking, it began. Rod Serling's Wax Museum. Uh, we would open in the series in the following manner. A helicopter shot of Hart Island, which is in New York, uh, with a series of slow dissolves to a closer angle, Bolt Castle. The, uh, the latter is a haunted house of the world. It is a vast, multi-spired mausoleum with hundreds of bare rooms, uh, its construction was stopped three quarters of the way through completion. Never recommend, uh, never recommenced a rec- uh, recomm- like it, it, it didn't start again. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thank so, you for the translation. Yeah. So, no, just my, my reading was bad. Certainly. I'm just saying what it was. Uh, uh, the, the camera moves closer to the castle in a series of dissolves until finally we're inside this gigantic echoey front hall, lining the long hallway stairway are a series of shrouded figures that extended to the darkness. Down the steps walks Sterling past these figures and ultimately past the lens of a camera to a vantage point um, where stands another shrouded figure. Sterling removes the wrapping and we're looking at the wax figure of that particular episode's leading character. And this is what Sterling would say. A hearty welcome to my wax museum. For your entertainment and edification, we offer you stories of the weird, the wild, and the wondrous. Uh, not witches, warlocks, and werewolves, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> stories that are told to uh, to the accompaniment of distant um, banging shutters, an invisible creaking door, an errant wailing wind that comes from the dark outside. These are stories that involve the citizenry of the night. Citizen, anyway, a lot of people of the night. <laughs> In short, citizenry. I know the word. I can't say it. Citizenry. There you go. Thank you. In short, the museum is devoted to goose flesh bristled hair and dry mouths. Uh, so that would have been the pitch was Rod Serling's wax museum, which doesn't sound too far uh, a field of night gallery, but it didn't get picked up. And that was the season that never was. And that's that. So um, with that being said, I got just a couple other things I want to mention before we get into our, our review of the season. Uh, and this will surprise you guys. Here's some shocking information. And this will tie into what we're doing next later. Early as August 61, Sterling was trying to get a Twilight Zone movie made. It was intended to be a trilogy of stories. 
Uh, he tried working with CBS 63 and it fell apart because basically they were asking too much and he would have, he would have given up too much to get it done. So he's like, I can't do this. He approached director Robert Parrish, which he directed the purple Testament and a few other earlier episodes of the twilight zone. Uh, the two of them, two of the supposed stories were about a Nazi in hiding and a blind woman being given sight for a few hours. Both of those stories would appear in night gallery. Oh. Um, another draft he had of the story was about a woman seeing her wife flash four eyes in a movie theater. This would end up on Rod Sterling's Lost Classics, that um, made-for-TV thing that, not good. Covered on the show previously, go back. Uh, it has uh, Gary Cole as a clown. It is a nightmare. All right, anyway. Um, so then another story that would show up uh, in this was a thing called Our Selena is Dying, which was later adapted by J. J. Michael Straczynski in the 80s Twilight Zone. So there's a lot of different concepts at this point that it just never came together. And he wanted to make a movie. So Richard, you're going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. My chair was just. Oh, okay. Just, um, so I think that's interesting that he knew that like, we got to get this in the theater. We can up, we can up the class or whatever, but, uh, but that a lot of the stories would show up in one fashion or another later. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, your mileage may vary about the one in Rod Sullivan's last classics. All right. So, all right. With that being said, let's just, we'll, we'll, end out the Twilight Zone and Rod's involvement with it. April 65, Sterling agreed to sell the Twilight Zone for a one-time payment. Uh, with the sale of uh, Kiaga Productions and some other arrangements of, for potential pilots, the total amount at the time came out to be $860,000, which is roughly $7.4 7. today. However, Sterling didn't foresee the longevity of the Twilight Zone because he even made a comment. This is speaking to what you said, Richard, about like, you know, just forget it. He was like, this is going to be forgotten in a year. Like, no one's going to care about this. Um, it made significantly more syndication and branding and merchandise since then. Since the publishing of um, the Twilight Zone, Unlocking Door, television classic, um, whatever year that was, um, the syndication has been at least $494 million. Wow. <laughs> at least. Geez, he could, he definitely didn't see where the where uh, he could have made a bank on this. Yeah, man. there was a quote after he sold that. They're like, we own everything. Like they said, we own um, you know, we own the show. We all we own the Rod Sterling masks. We own every. Basically, they're like, we own the likeness. We own everything. And CBS has made so much more money off of this show than than Rod could have imagined. I mean, he got he got paid. Don't get me wrong. And he it wasn't like he his family was hurting financially at the end of this, but. To know like, like um, where it could have been, you know, like it just it is staggering to me, and I wanted to make sure that sh share that information in regards to the original series. So that's what I got in terms of finishing out the original series. I mean, obviously, we know we were we could talk about all the reverberations of the series of how it's referenced everywhere and people use the, the phrase in the twilight zone or like the twilight zone. It's, it's commonplace, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is permeated mm -hmm. to everything. Even the music. Do -de -do -de -de -de. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, everybody knows a little bit about it. I mean, if you have not seen the episodes, uh, improper, you know, some kind of references, which would be cartoons. weird if you're joining us for season five wrap up. No, <laughs> no, I mean like the way that the, the, you know, the, the roots just yeah. went out as far as they did. Like people knew about this. Kids know about it. I mean, the, even the, if the, it's the not Simpsons covered so many other stories, right. uh, Futurama has the scary door. Like it's just, there's so many, like it, the twilight zones out there and it exists like in terms of like a thought, right? Like if something seems out of place, it belongs in the twilight zone. And know? it's, and it's yeah. a motivation to uh, make 
you know, like where people drew motivation for their other series and that and like other things to become, I don't know, like a lot more popular. I mean, I don't know if we would have had like the Tales from the Crypt uh, show if we didn't have Twilight Zone. I mean, that's me speaking, obviously, and it's in a world where I don't know what could have existed. But uh, that's well, it's kind of funny because it's kind of a self cannibalization because you had the EC Comics before, right? But you you wouldn't have those anthology and vignette style stories that the Twilight Zone clearly. You know, like not that I'm saying they ever took anything from EC Comics, but you you may not have the place for this type of television if there wasn't already that kind of storytelling. They tested the water first, and, sure. yeah. and they yeah. were successful for some years. So, yeah, I'm I you know thank God Rod did it. I'm glad that the the, the show existed. Uh, it's it's bittersweet that we're here um, discussing the final episodes and uh, the wrapping it all up, but. I'm ready to rock, man. Are you ready to talk about this season? I am, but uh, Richard, do you have any other thoughts there at the end? Because I have, I have a couple of little random quotes from Sterling that I'll, I'm sure I'll put in at some point during the episode. But I just kind of – I wanted a story to tell, and I told it. So like, how do you feel about like where everything kind of landed? I like Rod. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I – oh, man. I don't know. I, I'm just sitting here. I'm like – God damn, I don't have much to add. I feel like a dumbass. That's fair. No, we go, no. <laughs> I took four pages of notes for everything else. But, Congratulations. Uh, no. So. Yes. Thank you. Um, but no, for this, just, though, it's like, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, what else is there to say? It's, yeah. You know, I just Twilight to, Zone has permeated out into everything else and, and, and not to go back on other things we've said. And I know the things that you guys have said in the past, it's just like you, you, it, it, for those of you listening for the first time, if you uh, call her twelve right know, now, I mm-hmm. continue. Yeah. yeah, but if you think you know the Twilight Zone, chances are you really don't. Because <laughs> yes, yeah, because I thought oh, I know the Twilight Zone backwards and forth, and then I, I started watching episodes and coming up into ones that you know may not be so stellar, but then other ones I'm like, oh, this is amazing! How could I totally miss this story? And and same with any other seasons, but yeah, with five, there's. I actually had a rough time trying to pick my tops uh, rather yeah, than my bottoms. Uh, my, I thought my, those be- as did I. That's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, I just, but, I, yeah. yeah. And uh, what you guys said. Yes. Well, no, I just think it's one of those things that like, I mean, this kind of like, well, uh, dovetail to what we talked about with the bewitching pool. And, and by the way, it's coming back tonight. Uh, so, um, no. it's just one of those things no. where people hold up the twilight zone in such regard and they should, Cause it's very important and it, it like, it's awesome. And like the moment this thing hit syndication, like there was notes about how this thing like caught like wildfire across the, like across the world. And like, there was, I, I don't have the, the, the right in front of me. There was like one television market that like, they made like 35 bucks or something. It was like the lowest syndication deal. <laughs> like it was some middle of nowhere country or whatever. I'm like, sure, whatever. But the, the, the it was one of those things that once it hit syndication, it just like, it geometrically exploded. You know, because it was everybody could see it then, you know, as opposed to just, you know, because syndication, you can run it like whatever you think is the appropriate time. Um, and much like other other TV shows, like once it's syndication, it be- becomes a bigger thing. And like, so, yeah, I think but also I think it's also because people the, the big, big highs burn in people's minds um, that like they think that this whole thing is just a, like the like a peak and a plateau of unassailable goodness. And I'm like, you're right. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just the way that, uh, the twilight zone is really permeated into the, 
uh, zeitgeist of society. If I use that phrase properly, I may not have, but, but whatever. But yeah, the way it's just kind of permeated into uh, pop culture, I'll go that way. It's yeah, to Terry's point, like kids know about it. Yeah, it's shorthand for weird, and I think that's yes. great, right? So yeah, like exactly. you know, and if Rod brought that in to the the, the nomenclature, right? That's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, with that being said, uh, let's get into let's just, we'll do our our um, our worst our bottom five. Um, I'm going to let you guys start. So, uh, so actually Richard, give me your, your number five, uh, cause we're going to do the bottom five. So what's your number five worst episode of the season of season, season five. Okay. Uh, my, uh, fifth worst is, uh, uh, black leather jackets. That's, uh, that's right there. Should I uh, give you my notes on yes, that? Yes, please, please. All uh, right, great. Yeah, let us know. Oh, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I have things to say. Um, so yeah, black leather jackets, this, this episode, honestly, it, it, it kind of goes against one of the main tenets of what the twilight zone and of what Rod stood for, which was accepting and embracing reality or individuality, excuse me, reality, what that do? But I mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Accepting and embracing individuality, you know, um, so dudes riding motorcycles and wearing black leather jackets, they're clearly aliens or the other. Um, let's see. And, uh, oh, yes, is it too much to show that people who are older and afraid for their children to date someone they disapprove of without making said person to be so completely different? Yeah, um, I, I it, just I, everything about that episode just feels like disjointed and weird. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what else did I say? Oh, yes. Even though um, one of the black leather jacket dudes digs a, a snowy white earth girl, <laughs> um, he's still part of the evil gang of alien invaders who will stop at nothing but to seize and enslave normal law abiding Americans. And um, and and I'll kind of throw this to the both of you to see what you say. Um what everything that I've just described way doesn't this episode or could this episode be also kind of read as kind of racist in a way, but not, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, just meaning that someone who's different is bad. Oh, well, yes, I would. Yes. I think that's, I think that's absolutely fair where yeah, the, yeah. the, the motorcycle people, the other, they're, they're aliens. They're different. Not my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys were looked yeah. at as beatniks and everything too. And like the, that crowd was cut, you know, the greaser crowd, all I that like stuff. What they were like the most clean cut beatniks and greasers. You've ever well, seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That were all about like home buyership. <laughs> yes. Yes. They were definitely all about that real estate. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I yeah, agree. So, that, I mean, yeah, it, this is, it's not, it's not a great episode at all. Yes. No, no. I mean, the, the racism comment that that's admittedly a bit of a stretch on my part, just, you know, but it, it, on the other hand though, it still kind of sticks in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, are, you, are you saying, I, that, I, I see where you're going Hamner with, I was going to say, are like, you saying Earl Hamner Jr. Uh, just leans into stereotypes? What? Yeah. What? Uh, well, <laughs> far be it from me. So, so Terry, what's your, what's your number five? All right. So my, uh, bottom five starts off with number five at come wander with me. Come wander Ooh. with me was a ridiculous episode. I did not like it from the beginning. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like, I just, everything about this episode did not work for me. Um, the, if are, there were, are you, 
Are you saying that the acting in that may not have been as stellar as <laughs> in the other episodes, Terry? I'm just, you know, I'm. I want to clarify that. Really all. reaching here, and I'm thinking maybe <laughs> that the acting wasn't on par. Oh, I just okay. there there was nothing here that I really enjoyed. There was some elements that if they took it and made a completely different episode, it might have been better. Fair enough. This is what we got. I didn't like it. Okay. I just, I just like, I, I, I love, I love the sarcasm just pouring out uh, here. <laughs> I, I it was yesterday. I was talking to my wife about something and I told her, I was like, you know, it's no sarcasm Monday. She's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, everything you're saying, you must mean it. It's sincere. <laughs> and then she got, and then she got mad at me. <laughs> so I want to believe it's like, I want to believe that Richard got the, he's like, I'm just, I'm being completely serious. What are you saying about the acting in here? Uh, no. So I agree. Like I, it, no, I agree. Come Wonder With Me was not a great episode. Um, somehow, and this is not usually how I operate, some of the atmosphere and the camera work and the melody of the song, it, it pulled me through most of it that I was able to be like, oh, there, there, like you said, there's ingredients here. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. It's it, clunky. It's yeah, a oh, clunky. Oh my gosh. The, very clunky yeah, episode. I feel like, I feel like the last few episodes of this was like, uh, I don't know, like um, whenever you see the Terminator going through um, the the area at the end where Sarah Connors keeps taking shots at it, it's just like dragging itself along and ends up in the compressor. It's like I feel like season five was like, please just kill me. We're just can we <laughs> can we are we done now? Like I you know I keep moving, but whatever. I, I think once they got Gary Crosby to be a part of this episode, then they're just like. This is it. This is all we need. And then it's just gotta like, have Floyd Bernie just shouting at this woman the entire time. Production? Who gives a shit? <laughs> also, like, those, <laughs> also those goddamn Rafer brothers, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, all right, my number five. Um, this is probably on people's other, on your guys' list. I, I'll, I'll admit, what I, because I, I just went through and just kind of made a list and then I was going to number it. And I realized that like my bottom five became a bottom 10. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to make some cuts. Here. I did the same. I did oh, the same so thing. It was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> and like, and I had a real hard time coming with the top five, not because there isn't good here. Cause there is. So some of this bled into my frustrating list because I feel like there is something to be said for some of this, but I was like, I can't have like dishonorable mentions be the entire season. I can't do that. Right. Uh, so my number five is from Agnes with love. It is an obnoxious episode, um, and it is just one of those ones. It's just like, like it's it's a comedy episode, which um, we found for whatever reason in the original series is a very dicey proposition. It's obnoxious from the jump. The lead actor isn't bad because he was called upon to do a certain thing, but that type of comedy doesn't work for me. Uh, Agnes is a date rape computer. Um, I don't agree with that. Um, and it just, it just got it, none of it was fun and I didn't enjoy a single minute of it. And the music was terrible in this yeah. too. It was just like computer noises. And this is a Richard Donard one. Like, oh. so, and that, yeah, yeah, it sucks because this was like the, the, we covered this episode like a week or two before he passed too. And I was like, once we just beat the shit out of this episode, I was like, do you think, <laughs> Richard do you think Donner, he was like, go. do you think he was like, you know, just hanging by a thread and all of a sudden we he heard our words Yeah, cosmically? He was like, Oh he, well, I'm good now. And it was just like, out. Do you we, think that's what happened? That we, we, I think we had a new listener, and then we lost a new it listener. It was Richard Donner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. That sounds so terrible. But One star. Hopefully that wasn't us. Was, I hated this yep. podcast so much, I left this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you saying that it wasn't so Superman? No, no. it was not at all Superman. 
right. So uh, could have been could have been an omen. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it could have been. Uh, yeah, they, like it was a lethal weapon to him. I'll just say oh, that. Um, oh. All right. So, Richard, what was your number four? Uh, my number four was uh, sounds and silences. So, per my notes, in a manner of speaking, shit. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you saying in a manner of speaking? Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. Are you saying that? Because uh... I, I am saying that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please elaborate, yeah. because I'm not Ooh. sure why it's <laughs> at this spot in your list. I mean, it's, it's no sarcasm uh, Tuesday now. I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be all all sarcasm Tuesday. Um, but um, yeah, all of Rod's episodes are. Um, I mean. They're, they're pretty overly talkative, you know, which you guys have mentioned more than, say, once. Mm-mm. And um, which a lot of it, it almost feels like Rod's kind of writing for the stage, but he shouldn't be. But whatever. Well, knowing yeah. that his writing style is mainly him speaking to a dictaphone and him just kind of talking things out, like that kind of makes more sense to me because his writing approach is more of like moment to moment and kind of thinking it through. So he gets really wordy. You know, so he's always really good at like a turn of a phrase, but sometimes it's like if you let him go on too long, you're like, just can we pull it back a minute? That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, this one, this one really went overboard. Yeah. I went, well, no pun intended, actually. I <laughs> kind of said that. But um, yeah, this one yeah, definitely takes the cake. The uh, the comeuppance of uh, Mr. Humpty Dump, whatever the dude's name is, you know, Roswell makes little Flemington. sense in the whole scheme of the episode. So I'm like, well, does he have the willpower to block everyone out? Yeah. And if so, why does he not have the willpower to hear crap again? What, what, yeah, it why does it kind it of make come and go? Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh yeah. And, and I don't know about much about sound systems. Not a lot. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, spoiler for the audience. I play music. I play bass. And, um, I don't know about sound systems, especially one circa 1964, but, um, I don't know that many that probably shook stuff on the walls. Well, the next time that you're out performing live, can you please at least do like, um, like, uh, some I, live I will battleship nautical equipment? No, not, not that I'm, I need to hear oh. like the attack, you know, I need to hear, um, reaction from the sinking of the Lusitania or whatever it is that if you could play that live, you know, like, I, I really think we're loud. covering that in the band that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to speak to that, um, just a quick uh, little fun note for you, Richard. Um, here in Cleveland, there was a club that uh, Motorhead played at, and um, they played so loud that the tiles of the ceiling were falling off. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, it is Motorhead, so. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they I know just rocked there, that there place was, too hard. Uh, there was a BBC <laughs> session with Jimi Hendrix playing so loud that his music was bleeding into the other studios. And they kept telling him, turn it down. And if you go and listen to his BBC sessions, one of the last things he plays, because he just changes the set list, because the, you know, you know, British is like, you got to do this thing. He's like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. One of the last things you hear him say is, they're taking us off the air. <laughs> He's playing the music <laughs> as loud as he wants. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Uh, uh, wait a minute here. I think, hold on, hold yes. on. I have a couple more notes okay. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the uh, protagonists whatever dude's name is excuse slash motivation. Uh, that is paltry at best. <laughs> no offense. Oh, my mom had loud noises. We had to eat soft brownies, blah, 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 bullshit. No, no, no. Did you, the, did the you just play audio from work. the episode? I think that was, <laughs> that, that yes. was Roswell. That was, that was, 
that was directly from the episode. That's wild. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I, I think so. Well, you know, I, I watched it a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. The script needed to be re re reworked, or yeah. better yet, trashed. Um, why why did I have to watch this one, Paul? Why? Well, woman, I mean, why you woman, had to? I want to shove because, my finger up my nose. Yeah, because I was having you on for this, and and that mean I think we have to have an all-encompassing review of the season. And I, I'm i happy that you watched it. I'm sad that I made you watch it. Kind of happy. But also that it affected you so much that it did change your list. <laughs> like So so that means that it was important that you watched it. So, all right. Um, yeah. This is the new millennium's bloodletting right here. Yeah, so right. You gotta we got to bleed it. out a little bit, right? So, so Terry, what See, was... After this, to make myself feel better, I watched <laughs> it. What was, what was your number four? So number four for me was what's in the box. I wanted to put this back in the box after I heard it, dude. This was terrible. Like, watched it, rather. This was a awful episode. And, like, and it's mostly because of the acting. Like, yeah. it's... I, I Just, hated these two individuals. There's there's scene chewery, and then there's like like eating the scenery so much that you're somehow going into other TV series. Like they were just like nothing against the two actors because they were directed to do this. And we talked about, I forget her name, the, the female lead about how she had a really well-established career being a performer and was well-respected, but it was like, they were both being John like, Blondell. Yeah. She was like, they were both. Oh, yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. She was quite, quite the, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. But it's like, so, it's a shame because of her pedigree. Right. And it's like, and you see this, it's like all the directors like, Hey, can you just do one note, but just make it like the most obnoxious note ever. And it's just, there's no relief in this episode. No, it's relentless. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, this, the motives for, uh, our lead Joe just doesn't make any sense. I just, I don't know. It was clunky. The way the TV work didn't, didn't, have any rules like and yeah one of the things that i was most frustrated by is the, the tv repair guy like breaking the fourth wall and winking basically at, at the audience i'm god, like god damn way the poo what is this dude doing in this episode like hey, please leave, don't leave let this bear out of this yeah <laughs> like what, let this guy not be a reoccurring thing because i felt like because of him breaking that fourth wall i was like oh no this is going to be a dude that's going to get his own series, right? Like, yeah. like Mr. Beavis, <laughs> Mr. Beavis, or our Cavender is coming. Our well, goddamn, like this wasn't a guardian angel; it was an angry repairman. Like, yeah, I was, I was pissed off watching this episode, oh. and then I had to watch it again, and I was like, no, yeah, this was frustrating. At least we had multiple times where a person went out the window, which I feel like is a Twilight Zone. That's staple. a saving grace, sort of. Kind of. Yeah. That's why it's um, only fourth on my bottom uh, list. I, 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 so I, 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 did, I did go back and listen to all of our discussions leading up to this episode because I wanted to kind of refresh, right? Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about how this didn't make a lick of sense. So the conversation we had was quite entertaining, at least to me. And I, I'll give credit because... I heard me half the time and I'm not a fan of me. So it was still entertaining. So at least our conversation about the episode was, uh, was, was fun, but you're right. That was not a, a good episode yeah. whatsoever. So hit me yeah. with your fourth, man. What do you got? There? Oh, you know what? It, it's, it's ring a ding girl. Ooh. Cause what, oh, oh yeah. What oh, the, yeah. what the F is a ring a ding girl? Oh man. <laughs> That's that's crazy. I thought you enjoyed this episode more than that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like, I thought like, you loved this. Like yeah. a ring a ding fish. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those ones where it's like um, the idea of of like the famous person coming home and like the town kind of reacting to it. That's okay. The notion that she feels like there's a a reason for her to come home. There's going to be a problem. She has a premonition. 
that's okay. And then when we even get to the resolution, like I, the Terry, even at the time of the episode, you talked about like the last shot of Bunny Blake walking out and kind of fading in the rain. It's yeah, cool I really enjoyed shot. that. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. earned whatsoever. Yeah. Like she was like kind of horn dogging on her nephew. Um, and then she was like, Hey nephew, you have a nice whip there. Let's go get drugs or whatever. Like she said, and they drove to the, the drug store and like, it was just this, the, the whole thing was just weird. The, the ring didn't make a lick of sense how it was like FaceTime, but like a really shitty FaceTime. Um, like it just, none of it worked. It was like and, the Dick Tracy watch, you know, Yeah, except shitty. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, like. Because much like what's in the box, like it would show like it, 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 there was no good rules for, is it showing the now? Is it showing the future? Is it showing the past? Like, it, I mean, supernatural objects, right? Like I get it. Um, by their very nature, you have to suspend your disbelief, but for them, for, for me as a viewer to kind of give some credence to it, you have to at least give me a baseline for how it works. So I'll rewind back to, I think it was a season two episode called a most unusual camera where the camera always took photos of the future. It didn't delineate from it whatsoever. So at least you knew it was what was coming and there was no weird thing of like, Oh, why is it showing my fifth birthday when my dad didn't show up? Like it just like it, at least as dumb as that episode was at least it laid the groundwork for why that object worked the way it did. The TV didn't function like with any rhyme or reason, uh, which again, you could always hand away that way and be like, well, it's the twilight zone supernatural. I believe the audiences are smarter than that. Even then and more sophisticated and deserve better. And this ring from the jump didn't make any goddamn sense about why it's doing the thing it did how it functioned and, and ultimately, yeah, it was there to kind of like prevent a bigger disaster, but like, okay, cool. Like it just, it, it just nothing worked for me. So there we go. So, uh, do you have anything to say about that one, Richard? Or, uh, of course it's going to show up later. And <laughs> like, there might be some overlap yeah, here. We'll just say that this one, uh, this, this one, uh, this one comes a little later, not on my bottom five, but on the, uh, on the old frustration. Okay. List. Well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get What's there. What's your number okay, three yeah. then? Yeah. My number three is, uh, is one we just talked about from Agnes with love. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, this one uh, crept a little higher on my list. Uh, yeah. Twilight zones that are supposed to be funny are invariably not. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you hear the music, you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> right. It's like, there's always that music cue of like, Oh God, tuck in. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. So, but it, I, and you saw this one coming a mile away. Yeah. It's, it's just way too predictable. As soon as wiener dude goes in to replace crazy guy <laughs> and Agnes stops oh. talking nonsense and starts giving him advice as kind of a like, sound like reverse. superheroes from Doug. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's the buddy cop film. I need is wiener dude and crazy guy. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, 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 weapon starts six. giving him advice is like a, as like a reverse Cyrano de Berger act. You, you should have known yeah. right there. Oh, she like, hates oh. to be, you know, kicked in the ass. Why not? <laughs> I've, yeah. heard, I've heard all ah. women like roofies. Like, thanks, Agnes. What? All right. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it, uh, it, so, it just goes down. So, <laughs> although, although I will say the one, the one thing that I found okay, that I found mildly enjoyable with this episode was the, the, the kind of re- recurring gag where every time Wiener Dude would buy his object of his affection, something that she was either allergic to or thought was complete bullshit, he would give it to the same secretary that walked past his office. Yeah, there was, some, that was there was some decent, decent beats there. There was uh, 
yeah. the, the hunky dude where he was like, what are you doing here still? Like he'd just show up like there, <laughs> like you get like the notion. He was like, Oh, I'm, I'm here over. I'm like, she's all about me. Why are you back? You know? And so like, there's, there's moments of like, okay, I see the intent and yeah, the bit of dropping everything off on the secretary, <laughs> That was that was uh, an okay beat that showed up. So credit, like, like credit with a, the the smallest letter C I can give it. As ridiculous <laughs> as this episode was, though, there was just certain things that I was expecting. I wanted him to like come up with a like a surfboard in his arm, like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like it just yeah. got so goofy that I'm like, I don't feel like there's going to be anything held back now. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. why it's my number three as well. No! Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there we go. So Terry, Great tell us again. No. I'm so our yeah. So our, po- our so to me and Terry. Our, our rings united, and uh, we are hating on from Agnes with love. Yeah. This from Agnes with hate. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, is yeah. this is a terrible episode, and it just it's not funny, and you know, like just there isn't anything working for me in this episode at all. I know that like you, there's little things that you probably can pick apart, but it's literally trying to find like. The thing that your dog ate and you're picking it out of the shit. I mean, like, like, oh no, my wedding ring. Like, I like, that, it's, I like <laughs> that. That like you're you're going that low for like when you're like you haven't gotten to your top two worst yet. You're yes. like you're already gotten to like digging through dog shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just you wait for number two, dude. Yeah, yeah it's a number oh, two for sure. It's a number two. <laughs> yeah, with um, a bullet. Yeah. Uh, so my number three. Is again Agnes with love? No, I'm kidding. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, it is. It is 90 years without slumber. Ooh. Ooh. It is one of nope. just the most like just. Why does this exist? Like it is. I I love. Um, oh, it's uh, Mr. Wynn. I forget his first name because it's not Keenan Wynn. Keenan Wynn's his son, Edwin. Edwin, yeah. I liked him mm, yeah. a lot from One for the Angels. Uh, yes, it, like in you yeah. when you know that like it just, he seems like a delightful person, right? But the whole notion of like, oh, this clock, if it stops ticking, I'll die. It's just like they don't really do anything with it. And then eventually he's like, okay, I guess she'll just take it next door. What do you mean they're on vacation? I guess I'll break into their house. Like, it's just like, it's just this whole thing of like, it's senior moment after senior moment after senior moment. And then we get this weird, like, effect of him talking to himself. Um, that feels way older production wise than this episode. It feels like something from like 15 years earlier. And it's just, it's one of those, like, I am surprised. I mean, this was a, um, uh, it was a George Clayton Johnson script. I believe this is when it or was, it, it wasn't Matheson. Whoever it was that wrote this was like, I can't deal with this. Like you've messed it up too much. We're done. Right. And they stepped away. I think it was Clayton Johnson. He was like, I can't hand, I can't handle this. Right. He's like, you messed it up too much. Um, yeah. And with knowing that this was Edwin's last episode, of the twilight zone. And then also this is the last episode that uh, Bernard Herman did original music for. It's like you, you get yeah. like so much like these, like, you know, like Edwin was only in one other episode. Great. But it was a good one. But, and then you have George Clayton Johnson. I think that was who it was. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, who mm-hmm. wrote some really cool episodes of the twilight zone. And was a major contributor, which like, if you look at the Mount Rushmore, he is just behind, um, uh, Matheson and, um, Beaumont, 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 right. He's just right there. Right. He and, uh, Hamner, I think are like neck and neck in terms of output. So important amount of output. Right. And this is the one he's like, nah, I'm out. You messed up my script. I'm done. That's frustrating. Knowing like how many things ended here with this piece of shit episode, like the, the only joy I had 
was um, surprising the audience with my edit of the audio at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I almost like spit my drink all over my computer when I was listening to that. (laughs) Little little inside secret there, Terry. Paul said that to me. And he's like, oh, I'm going to wait till I send this to Terry. Yeah, I couldn't help. I, the moment I cut that audio together, I was saying to everybody but you, Terry, because yeah. I'm just like, because once I do something really, really dumb, I need to share it with people just because I need some immediate gratification. But I try my hardest to to wait to drop the joke on somebody. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have not listened to that episode, uh, if you go back to the very, very end, um, I did some selective editing, uh, which I don't know. It's For me, the joke never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the redeeming quality of that episode. Otherwise, it would just go away. That's Please, what I gotta say. at least listen to that episode for that. That is fun. Now, ninety even fast forward or very It's fine. Yeah, ninety years without slumbering was on my top ten of worst episodes, <laughs> and that was one of the ones where I'm like, I was fighting with myself. I was oh, like, ooh, no, trust me. Like me, it's like it was one of those things. Like aside from my top two, it was one of those things where I'm like, I, I like. Like I, I hate a lot of these equally, and I'm just like, which one? Just like this is like that, like popcorn kernel on your teeth that you're just like, just I can't, I can't get this out. Yeah. Like I'm done. Wow, right? man. So, um, yeah. Uh, what about uh, your number two there, Richard? Okay, my number two. Yeah, we're going back. We're going deep. Going back to old aunties. The bewitching pool. Oh, that is a mess. Weird that that's your number two. I'm just, I'm so yeah. I cannot wait oh. to hear what your number one is. The, yeah, just okay. wait. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. The bewitching pool. That terror twenty thousand feet. Worst episode. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the occurrence the, uh, of the Owl Creek the, Bridge. They didn't speak English the entire time. Yeah. Like, uh, Stupid frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were not a living man. Anyway, continue. I hate folk music. <laughs> I could have used more folk music. Damn it. Yeah. Um, all right, but uh, yeah, the witch no, and pool. The, the, uh, yeah, the witch and pool. Good God, the, the voice <laughs> overdubbing is awkward. I mean, sports accent didn't match, which which I found all the reason why per the episode. It's like you have Rocky come in and try to do the vocals here. It's like no, just just no, no. Yeah. Her her brother is a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Dude, just go. Just leave. Don't come back. Get though. lost in the pool. And, yeah. Yeah. And 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 to a point that I kind of brought up a little earlier, what was Aunt B or Aunt T a wannabe witch? I mean uh, sure. I don't know. Yeah, you know, what what yeah. if she really was? And we just get this didn't get to see the outcome. I mean yeah. maybe she ate the kids. Who knows? That's we what, just that's what I'm saying. We don't know what the cake was made of. You know, that's yeah. that's fine. I, I, I really wish that was the real ending. Yeah. That, that might have saved it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That, yeah. Either that and or the parents drowning in the pool. Yes, I agree with that. Yes. Oh, oh, and and, and another question. I have a lot of questions about this episode. As so where did the uh, where did the uh, kids' southern accent come from? Just <laughs> we were trying to figure actually, that out the entire oh, I time. T- I can tell where it came from. Um, three words: Earl Hamner Jr. <laughs> um, well, that yeah. I mean, I, I'm I was I was hoping maybe it was the nanny. Maybe she was from the south. Just like Hamner, and um, my my last three words on my note here pretty much sums it up. What the shit? (laughs) So, uh, Terry, do tell. What's your uh, number two? Number two is sounds and silences for me. I don't know how much more. In a manner of speaking. I don't know how much more I can beat this episode up. We did an entire (laughs) episode about 
how shitty this episode was. I just, it was one of those things like I realized that like we developed the idea of pulling the ripcord in season four, right? Of this like, nope, we're out, done, done with this. And like, actually, I think I phrased it to you as like in, in case of emergency break glass. And yeah. I, I said that each one of us gets one. And then we stab ourselves season. in the neck with it. Because yeah, like, it's, like an, it's like an EpiPen. Like, I can't do it. No, no, no. No, it's like, so I figure, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, like, we don't want to always do this because one, I even, even bad episodes, I think are worthy of discussion because of what might've been right. And there still might even be quality in the corners. Right. Correct. However, this yeah. is one of those ones. The first time I watched it, I'm just like, Nope. Like, I. Why is this happening? This is this is ridiculous. Did and you like instantly have a gag reflex because it just felt yeah. like I was. Being- in a matter of speaking, <laughs> I um I turned inside out from rage vomiting. And yeah, it, it was it's, terrible. Yeah. So again, we talked at great. All my lengths. hands were on my poop deck. As it was all. It was all over the place. Yeah, it was so bad. We, I align my uh, my opinions with with Richard. I I this this episode sucked. So. <laughs> I don't want to relive this terror anymore. Yeah. What's your number two, Paul? Well, um, <laughs> I can't. I mean, it's it's going to be uh, sounds and silences. Oh, this is going to be my number God. two. I got. I got to give you a frustrated fist bump here. Boom! All right, there we go. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like and now we hang ourselves with our microphone cords. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Christ, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, I wish you would have seen me. I was taking a drink. <laughs> no, no, no. Because like, no, I mentioned last week, uh, and we talked about a little bit when you're like, I haven't watched Sounds of Silences. And you're like, should I watch it? And I told you, I was like, yes, you need to. Like, I told, <laughs> told Richard, I was like, no. like, I think what I said was 40 miles of bad road and all that. Because like, that's the way James Cameron always describes aliens is 40 miles of bad road. I'm like, yeah, you got you to gotta run it all. If we're going to talk about it, you got to run it all. And then find Jesus afterwards because yeah, you're right. going to need his help after this one. This one just, sucks. Just like there was – the thing is, is like you get the obnoxious person that you're not supposed to like from the start. Fine. He's going to get his cup up and supposedly, mm. in a manner yeah. speaking. Um, and like – and there's there's – there's so there, and there's like little little tiny kernels of like you know corn in your shit that are of like uh, of, of like um, we, we come back to this yeah, again. What of, else is in the of food? like dialogue that you're like okay that's kind of funny you know and then the idea that this guy runs a model ship company and that he's like in his office in a hammock listening to like the sounds of like the ocean like okay but then the whole thing just gets obnoxious from there and I'm like oh whatever right. Like it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And if the idea to me is that you have somebody that, that has to live in constant chaos and noise, I think that idea works more now and 2021 with like social media and having access to all these screens around you where you have to have it up. You have to have it loud because that's, that's like what, cause the moment everything gets turned, turned off, you might have to think for yourself for a second. That's a compelling idea. But every chance this episode gets to make an interesting idea, it's like, nah, what if we just did the worst thing ever? Every single time. And and even at the end when the, the gentleman is like, I can't hear anything or whatever, it's like, we like there's that weird moment of willpower, which Richard, you talked about, like I could will this into this, into this. It's like, what's stopping you three seconds from now from like turning the dial up in your brain. Right. Like there's, um, I think I even said this during the episode, there's a season three episode called, um, the mind of the matter where the guy has the same type of like, uh, the main characters like, well, all this will listen to existence. It's like, eh, we've seen this. It's obnoxious. I don't care. 
And also, if your if your mother says you can't have cookies because they're loud, but you still get brownies, guess what? You still get brownies. And I'm also going to guess ice cream isn't that loud either. You know, you um, Hitchcock yeah. stand in. You know, you're not hurting for like I'm an overweight dude. I you know, game respects game. I get it. Like <laughs> like you 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 had you had your fair share of, of fatty foods that were quiet. You know, like or whatever. Growing up, like. You know, I'm going to guess sliced ham isn't that loud. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, whatever. I just, I despise this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Richard, uh, what's number one on the list? All right. And number one on my bottom five is 90 years without slumber. <laughs> yes. Oh. To paraphrase, to paraphrase comic books guy, worst episode ever. Fair enough. There was so much wrong with this. I I really didn't even know where to start. I mean, I I, I get it. He thinks he and the clock are one. And then, I mean, after he croaks and the clock starts up again, who gets the clock curse? I want to know. Is it, is it, is it his daughter or the granddaughter? Is it the new kid? Is it the dude? I mean, and what you were talking about, too, like he just decides to go next door and check on his clock, breaks into the house. What the heck? You know, but WTF. And then he talks to himself for a good time before he dies, <laughs> like literally to himself in the room. And, and and is it just me or does he sound an awful lot like uh, the Charlie in the box from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Oh, I mean, you know, he's on the island of misfit toys. Like, oh, I'm just a Charlie in the box. <laughs> that, that might be someone doing an Ed Wood impersonation because I know he was also the Mad Hatter, right? Yeah. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah, he was. Yes. Yeah, because so he has a, he has a very distinct voice and delivery. So that might be somebody channeling that. That you know, because I mean, yeah. Well, he was better than that, than he wasn't. Fair enough. Off, no, no, no. Right, no I just this this episode. You're right. I. I was wondering what would be your number one, and I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> like, yeah, it would be no. easily the best thing about this episode, and I wrote this down specifically. The best thing about this episode was the sound clip Paul made and leaked out <laughs> all the cursing because of the offensive content. Yeah, all the that offensive content. Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing I want to make sure that everybody thinks is funny about this episode, the funniest part is the, the when the neighbor girl comes over <laughs> and makes the, like, the comment of, so what? Where? What's going to happen? Grandfather, because yeah. you're pregnant, you're about to give birth, and then the then the camera cuts back, and he's sitting right he's there, right there. He's like yeah. within <laughs> spitting distance, yeah. hearing all this. Like, yeah, he's gonna be here. Oh, we're just gonna send him to the farm up north. It's fine. Like, okay, where they send all grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh yeah. All right. So Terry, what's your number one? Number one, and I. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are not surprised because it didn't fall anywhere else on this list. The bewitching pool, the undefeated champion of the toilet. Yeah, it is so bad. So, so, so bad. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so disappointed in the fact that this was our final episode of the season and the series. And this is what we got. It was it was a tragedy like to watch this episode to know all that knowledge and just not have something to look forward to after the fact that's that's why i thought that would would have i know last week's episode was short um but i again i didn't want to punch down 
the entire time because it was the end of the series, yeah. right? So, it, yeah, lay waste. The this the please. Terry, <laughs> it's just like, it's it's a trash episode. Yeah. The acting is terrible. The no, I, there is no likable characters in this. I just I don't know what the hell the motivation was to fight to to make this kind of storyline out of something that could have been very interesting. Like we talked about all of these escapism. Um, storylines like never uh, like uh, Peter Pan, like the Lion Witch in a Wardrobe, like Coraline, like, like, like Coraline, whatever, like Pan's Labyrinth. All these did it better. Um, a lot of those came out after this, but nonetheless, well, Peter Pan was before this, though. Well, right? that like, was, yeah, yeah, yeah but Pan's weird. Labyrinth came yeah. out after, and Peter so, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. No, so okay. it's just you, you, you have an idea, and the ex- this is the execution, and it's like, the hell are you doing, Earl Hamner Jr.? <laughs> the yeah. hell are you doing? Like you just shat over the entire series. Like, thank you so much. But it much. was like, okay, so, yeah. So, um, all right. <laughs> um, surprising nobody. My number one is that cat was a witch. Uh, it is the bewitching pool with <laughs> Earl Hamner Junior, the undisputed champion of the toilet it, bowl. Yeah, it, no, it's like it's like. Do you, do you like chicken fried steak? Well, it's just chicken fried shit. I yeah. just don't like this episode. Is just, no batter. It's broken. Uh, it's not like like. It, I know he even said he didn't like the casting of Aunt T. My argument would be like, why would you write that that character? You That's know? not like, the only broken part about this. No, 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 no. <laughs> they they, they, no, they didn't shoot long enough. Like they, this episode. Yeah, Sorry. It's, like. No. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't shoot enough coverage for whatever reason. They had yeah. to use multiple takes. Like we, I understand from a production standpoint. Like if things are broken, sometimes you just got to put things together the way they are. I can understand that. Like if you don't got it, you don't got it. Especially with film, because there is a a timeline in terms of development and seeing what you have. Right? It's, it, we're we're sixty years removed from what could have been. Right? Like if this was if this was shot digitally today, they could have been like, oh god, this is not making sense. Let's shoot more coverage of like the kids in the garden, like in the, in the the child snatcher garden or whatever. Like you could have done, you know what I mean? Like you could have probably covered this like somewhat for 30 minutes and been okay. So I, I, I do understand that sometimes things just kind of fall apart. I, I understand that, but I do think that something from the script is functionally wrong and just not, I don't give a shit about it. And I understand that like, and I'll even say like, and this might show up in like some of our lists later, uh, something like stop over in a quiet town. Um, like I begrudgingly gave Hamner like credit cause that was a fun episode. Um, that, you know, as outside of Jez bell from season four, which I just played the sound clip from, um, I like, I don't ever think he, I don't think he ever got, well, I mean, Terry might want to argue you drive. I don't think he ever got the vibe of the Twilight Zone. I don't think he ever did. Um, he never nailed it. He never no. did. So, yeah. I mean, like yeah. you drive. Yeah, that's definitely the uh, the kind one. Of, yeah, that's closer. And then like stopover, right? Like yeah. that's close to. And Jezebel is just, it, that is more the fantasy folklore narrative that you feel like he's reaching for that magic with the bewitching pool. And it's not there. Um, and just this episode, I, I I despise that it's the last one of the se- the season. 
I despise. It's the last one of the series. I, the reason I despise it is because th- there's that trivia that's always going to be associated with this was the last episode of the Twilight Zone. If you had plugged this firmly in the middle of the season, we would have laughed and been like, what was that? And you would have moved on to something else. Yeah, fingers crossed you would have found something better after <laughs> the fact. Yeah. We have yeah. nothing. I mean, like you can only compare this to the episodes before. And honestly, there's like a big asterisk by this because it is the last episode. The people, I, as much as uh, maybe, you know, Rod thought... If we put this at the end of the season, people won't really care. And it was far, it was like two weeks removed from when it was supposed to air, too, or yeah, whatever it was. Something like that, yeah. No, Rod, we know. We yeah, know. No, when, we know. We know we what know, happened. We know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, damn it to hell, Bewitching Pool, you suck. <laughs> so, let's yeah, having, having this in the number one spot, neither of you are wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Damn it to hell. I mean, that yeah. and uh, Nine Years Without Slumber, like, you know, you're not like, like again, I had a top ten worst. Uh, like, I, so I don't like that because looking back, um, and actually, you know what? Let me let me take a let me take a pause here to um, let me before we get into our most frustrating and best for season five. May I take a moment to run through my other season lists real quick, just to kind of run around through? Yeah, so get yeah. Back? Okay. Oh yeah, please, please. Yeah. So after watching all of this and going through, let me go through. Um, so my season one worst episodes were Mr. Beavis. Uh, the Mighty Casey, I shot an arrow, arrow into the air, uh, Mr. Denton on Doomsday and Nightmare as a Child. I don't know if you guys have seen any of those. You can fight me. Well, you're, you're wrong about Denton on Doomsday, but that's all right. Eh, I mean, I don't know about that. All right. And my sister-in-law yeah. loves that episode. Look, okay, let me put it this way. This is my feelings at the time. I've not revisited that episode. So maybe i This maybe is I'm true. Wrong. Yeah, you and I have discussed this. Yeah. Yes. My best, my, my favorite episode of season one, Where Is Everybody? Great episode. Elegy. Mm which is amazing. Yes. The Lonely, which we, we have this. A robot. From, so I'm going to love it forever. Yeah, that oh, real good episode. A yeah. World of Difference, yeah. which has Keenan Wynn in it, not Edwin, his son, and I love that. And my number one episode from season season one is The Chaser, which is actually a comedy episode that works, that Rod didn't write. I love The Chaser. It's one of those ones that's never talked about. I adore that episode. I think it's a lot of fun. Excellent episode. Yeah. Season yeah. two, uh, Static is number five worst. Uh, that's a videotaped episode. The Mind of the Matter, which I mentioned previously in regards to uh, Sounds and Silences. Long Distance Call, which is another videotaped episode. Uh, uh, the, yeah. yeah, the Riff Van Winkle caper, which just kind of just is there. <laughs> and uh, The Whole Truth, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen ever on TV. And that's the one. It's a videotaped episode. It's about a car that makes people tell the truth. It's terrible. Best episode of season two. Number five, Nick of Time. Great episode. Which, let, mm. let me just take a step back. After Terry and I talked about um, the Bewitching Pool last week, uh, I made sure that we got done super early. And I was like, can we please watch The Twilight Zone after recording this? And we went downstairs and we watched Nick of Time because he had not seen it. <laughs> like I was like, can we please watch this episode? Can I please have a palate cleanser after talking about The Bewitching Pool? And I, I feel ashamed that I've never seen it. But and it's a great I, episode. Though, I right? want one of those uh, those fortune teller machines. Yeah, it's I amazing. want one so bad. Yeah, and I, I got to throw, throw out a shout out. Uh, there's a gentleman here in Cleveland. Uh, he goes by Chod Artist. It's C-H-O-D. 
I recently met him in person because uh, he's done a lot of core cool artwork that I have uh, around. Oh, I, yeah. I heard you talking about him yeah. on Invasion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, yes, um, yes. He, did Sorry, a, he did the devil-headed fortune telling machine for me as a piece. It looks awesome, it's too. It's great. It's great. And, great job. Oh, if you're right. listening, man, you did an excellent job. Yeah, on and that. I recommend his artwork. He does amazing things. He does a lot of cool horror I'm going to hunt stuff. you down, yeah. and I'm going to have you do something for me, man, because that thing is kick-ass. Yeah, it's a great. So, like, I was like, I'm rounding out the series. I need some cool artwork, you know, so that, that fortune telling machine did an amazing job so look up shot artist and facebook anyway so number four the obsolete man amazing episode Ooh. burgess meredith is yes. it's so good excellent it's excellent, so excellent, german excellent. expressionism it hurts it's amazing yeah uh, number three shadow play no one talks about this episode it's amazing as well um go go watch it. it's 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 dreamlike for a reason uh number two it's it's actually a video episode it's night of the meek that has um oh what's his face from the honeymooners not the the abusive one the other one uh, uh art carney art carney is santa yeah and that and it's it's a i'm not a christmas guy but this episode makes me tear up it's amazing right? oh i think i saw that one oh, it's once. so good it's years so good. and years and years ago it's so good yeah. but the only thing that holds it back is that it's a videotape episode one of the six that they put out yeah uh best of season two the invaders which we just talked about hell yeah show. dude yeah. yeah 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 right so season three Worst that I have a frustrating listener here too, so it evolved. <laughs> my my worst, and this will not surprise anybody. Number five, a piano in the house. That is an Earl Hamner Jr. script. Screw yeah. that episode. All right. Uh, number four, one more pole bearer. Not great. Number three, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. It can go die in a oh fire. My God. Oh, that gosh. That's is, a terrible episode. That's, did I ever tell you about, about the, the time, time that yeah. I saved the so, world? No, so save the world staving. That's what they call yes, me. Yes. Let me tell you. They call me piece of shit episode Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, anyway. uh, number two is four o'clock. That episode is absolutely terrible. However, the intro of that has Rod Serling with like beside a bird in a cage. And and then in the series, he, that bird was now known as Rod Birdling. So that's a plus, but still a terrible episode. Number one worst episode for season three. It's an Earl Hamner Jr. episode called The Hunt. It is like if you guys think that like um, the bewitching pool is like two like gosh, garn, dolly, southern, blah, 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 corn fried bullshit. The hunt is like that too. Um, it is terrible. It is terrible. Oh. All right. Uh, yeah, most great. frustrating from season three. So bear with me, please. We're almost caught up. I promise. Uh, mm. Showdown with Rance McGrew. It's a Western episode that breaks the fourth wall. It, it, it could have been better. Number four, the little people. Great idea. Uh, the Simpsons did it better. Number three, <laughs> um, I sing the body electric. The only Ray Bradbury episode in the series yeah, say, that's it, a bradbury story yeah. and it's not great it's not like the way they handle it there's some horrific inter- imagery in it but i don't think it was on purpose when they go in to go pick out the parts of their grandma and there's like a table full of eyes like <laughs> there is some <laughs> amazing imagery you're like that's a that's a table full of eyeballs like whatever not great yeah. number two and people could fight me to serve man that is one of the greatest twists ever in the twilight zone it is a garbage episode of the Twilight Zone. Like, it is not good. It is not good. Like, it's another one of those ones that suffered from production problems, so they kind of had to pat it. And also, you get Richard Keel in there, and you don't have him speak the entire time. I was actually just listening to this episode yeah. of you guys covering it <laughs> on the way here. So, yeah. Well, because yeah. he was actually shooting the film Ega yeah. at the same time. So he was on loan for a little bit there. Yeah, because Ega, which has been 
covered by Mystery Science Theater. Like he comes down from like the mountains in California and he's exhausted and he's trying his best, but they're like, he can't talk words good. I guess we'll have him be silent. It's like, you have this intimidating son of a gun and you never have him speak. Anyway, um, <laughs> most frustrating and Richard, I'll, I'll ask you to watch this episode because I think you'll dig half of it. Uh, it's from season three called The Last Rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. It starts off so <laughs> promising and it's like, you can see the bones of something amazing here. And you have James best coming back from the dead. Uh, like they're doing a funeral on a, like a church and he just wakes up and it's like, it's the music. It's amazing. The premise is amazing, but this kind of goes sideways. So watch that episode. Okay. Uh, best from season three, number five, the dummy, which is the one with the Vitalikris dummy. That's better than the one that we got in season five. We see, might talk about be. that again. Yeah, yeah. That has um, our, our, what was it, uh, Uncle Ben uh, from uh, Spider-Man, uh, original Spider-Man films. Oh, um, oh shoot. Cliff Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, Cliff Robertson. Yes. He's, Cliff a, he's so good at it. He's so good in that episode. Uh, number four, Game of Pool. Jack Klugman, Jonathan Winters. Amazing oh. episode. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was excellent. so good. Uh, number three is two, which has Charles Bronson and um, was it Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched. They're the only two characters in that episode. Great episode. Uh, they're opposing people from different armies and they find each other. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they don't they don't speak, speak the same language. He speaks yes. English. He speaks Russian. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. an excellent episode. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, The Jungle, which if people have not watched, it's really, really good. Uh, it had our main actor from Mr. Gary and the Graves. Yeah. I was that. actually in the middle of watching it today. Oh, it's a good episode. Also, we find out that the, the, the line of that episode was like named Cecil and he was like the nicest line ever. <laughs> like, like whatever. It's just like, I learned in the trivia, he was just like laid back. I'm like, this is the most like mellow line that's ever existed. So yeah. And then number one for season three is five characters in search of an exit. Um, it's the most abstract episode of the twilight zone. Um, the less you know, the better. If you've not watched it, go watch it. It's amazing. So season four, Terry, you and I talked about this previously. And uh, so if you have notes to chime in, if not, that's fine. I'll give you mine. Um, it's been, it's been like two years. It's fine. Worst. No time like the past garbage episode. That guy shows up 15 minutes before anything happens in the past. And be like, I give you the answer. It's like the bombs dropping in Hiroshima. Well, I gave you 15 minutes garbage episode. Um, number two, the incredible world of Horace Ford. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Yeah. Hated the guts. Uh, Terry out of joined episode. me for season four on. So yeah, that Pat Hingle, we love him. Terrible episode. Oh my god. And then uh worst episode of season four, the Bard. <laughs> Puke. Garbage, right? All right. Most frustrating for me, number three was mute. That was not a great episode. It was weird. A lot of number, potential. Yeah. Fell on its keys. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, number two, the Valley of Shadow, because uh, you found out these people could like 3D print like ham sandwiches. It was so and guns. fun. It was such a fun episode. It could have. Well, yeah. in theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, number one was the parallel, which was the first time we've ever pulled the ripcord on an episode Ugh. because nothing happened Ugh. for an hour. Nothing happened. Ugh. It's like, like, oh. What's going on with this earth? It's like, oh, we call orange blorange or whatever. It's like, oh, no, I guess I got to get back to my own reality. <laughs> because history is different, but street names are the same. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, terrible episode. Frustrating. My my favorite 
of season four, which I, the part of it's with you, Terry, like we, I know number three from his new exhibit, which was your number one. Yep. Uh, that's a great episode is Marty Balsam in there. Um, it is <laughs> wax figures killing people. It's a lot of fun. Uh, number two was miniature with Robert Duvall. That was surprisingly Excellent. F- Excellent amazing. Episode. And then number one was he's alive, which was Dennis Hopper as a Nazi, you know, not, I wasn't cheering that aspect. Um, just, uh, the messaging in that was like to, the he's alive spoiler was Hitler in terms of the shadow cast. Yeah. And I think it's an important message that unfortunately gets louder and louder. So, and another standout from that season was printer's devil. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Burgess Meredith playing the devil, uh, with a weird cigar. Excellent. <laughs> you can't you have you can't do any better, man. Yep. Like he, I don't know, he was in four of the five seasons, and I wish he would have been able to come back for this season. But, yes, you know, I agree. unfortunately, he wasn't able. So, thank you guys for indulging me for going through my list for the season. So now we're like now we did our worst bottom five, of season five. Let's get into our most frustrating. So, so Richard, most frustrating number five. Okay, number five, and you might disagree with me, but um, my number five most frustrating is uh, Ringading Girl. Uh, well, I would I say not frustrate wolf. with you with that. No, no. Like, yeah. it was entirely uh, frustrating. Rink, rinky dink episode. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a uh, rink a dink girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this one's a bit of a mess. And the, but the structure of a possibly good episode exists here. And, um, oh, also to paraphrase comic book guy, uh, worst title ever. <laughs> uh, was this it, a Hamner episode? It was because uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mentioned that it seems like he couldn't decide whether he was going for girl made good for herself returning home or famous person wants to slum it with the commoners episode. It's like and with her he nephew. decided yeah. to kind of try them both at once. Yeah. Yeah. And probably to the detriment. No, um, the idea I, of her using her celebrity to try to save people is an interesting idea. You know, and I think that could have went in a different direction and still kept it on budget and on point. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, it could have used another pass. I, I, but, you know, um, I blame Alan uh, Crossland, uh, Crossland for that. Uh, Alan got, Crossland Jr. Is yes. that his name? Yeah. Oh, look at that. The juniors are all high five. And it's like <laughs> our dads were better than us. Sad high five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I put that solely at his feet. I, I think that there's some different choices that he could have like you know put into effect. I I, I agree with you, Richard. I think this was a an episode that definitely could have used some retooling, and it could have been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, because I mean, if, if uh, her her fiddle dee dee kind of uh, attitude that had to. Find- <laughs> Sorry, it did. Though. It did. Oh, there was an f bomb there. Oh, look at that! Look at that. Woo! Yeah, f bomb girl. Yeah. And I have my sign. I, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good, Paul. I think yeah, this entire I, season, I think I, I've been good. Like I feel like we've been both of them sober, reliable, the best men. Yeah, right. So I, I agree with most of that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm drinking heavily, damn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess, I guess I have to do some selective editing in this episode as well. Uh, yeah, fine. sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just a couple little tweaks here and there. I mean, maybe she didn't have to go to Rome and she was initially going home to begin with. You know, and, and instead of having to talk to the grumpy old custodian, maybe she had to go talk to her drama teacher. Yeah. I think that would have made it a little more believable than... Yes. Old 
Catcher <sighs> McGee, Catcher Face McGee, Catcher Face McGee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, this one definitely could have gone with some more tweaking, and and, and even the initial you know outcome with her. You know, I like the idea of her trying to get the town away from what would ultimately be the crash, but and and to your point. Paul from like the, the the ring being just random like oh help us please we need help at the town from random goofy people especially douchebag custodian that she never even knew it's like no no it have someone she knows and cares about as well as the people that they already showed just not some extra in the episode yeah Tony Darko did it better I'll agree with that so uh, yeah. yes there you go. <laughs> Okay, I'm done, Terry. Number five, please. Number five for me is black leather jackets. Oh, yes. I did not. I, all right, so I didn't like this episode, but <laughs> there was a lot of things that I saw that could have been changed about it, and it could have been a lot more captivating, could have been a little bit more, you know, uh, thrilling. I don't know. I, I, just, <laughs> I got, well, no, no, like, so here, here, spoiler, that's my number five as well. So with that being said, like, oh. the idea of, like, these outsiders coming into town, everyone's like, what are they all about? That's, like, the beginning of this with that, that snappy soundtrack was like, this yeah, is cool. Yeah, some jazz, that jazz. Well, see, okay, all right, that was a great part of that episode. Yeah. Like, that, that, that cool little jazz going on when these guys come into town because that means they're badass. Laying some like, groundwork here. Like, yeah, these yeah. are the dudes that are going to, they're, they're going to be problematic. But yeah. then they go buy a house, and you know, and I'm like, and, maybe well, they're trying and, to get straight laced. And then they have like yeah, exactly. mind they powers. They want to get a good credit score. <laughs> and then they have every antenna ever. It's just I don't know. Like, yeah, it was just frustrating. I'm, I'm stepping on you here. I apologize. Like the idea of like, the, like if you would have scaled it back and made them to be the exploratory search party as opposed to one of many that's already in place, that would have been a better conflict with one of the three. Is like, oh shit. Uh, you know, Shelly Fabre is really hot. Maybe love is real, you know, whatever. Like you could have had, you could have had that like conflict amongst the three, but already knowing that like, well, the earth is cooked regardless of what's going on. If they, even if the one alien gets some trim, we're, we're out of here. Like it just, you know, um, that felt like, well, then what's the point of the story? Cause everything's already set in motion. Um, but you, you could have written this in a way of like, you know, of like, oh shit, they're actually showing us that there's there might be worth here, and then there could have been conflict, and there could have been a third act. There's no third act to this episode, and that was frustrating. I, yeah, I I was looking at the the time bar. I was like, wait, I thought there was like going to be like five more minutes to this. Nope. Like, that's it. Like the dude's gone. Take bring in the white coats. He's gone. Like, oh, all right. And even if that was your ending, like you could at least like done better to set it up. I don't know. Yeah, like, I agree with you. It's very frustrating. So. Like I, I, I'll put it in my bottom five, but it, I, I wanted this to be a more interesting idea. And but also, Terry, who wrote this episode? Oh, Earl Hamner Jr. Don't Hamner look Jr. Yeah. Son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go ahead and rework some of your stuff there, Earl Hamner. I don't I know like dead, that but. anytime <laughs> I bring up anything remarkly, remark like remotely remarkably, remotely snarky on Facebook. Richard's quick to always show me the the book that is just the scripts <laughs> of Earl Hamner <laughs> of the Twilight Zone. And I'm just like, why do you hate me as much <laughs> as you do? So yeah, this is all right. All right yeah. So uh, because you shouldn't scare your wife when she has. <laughs> oh, how 
here. I don't know. It was, it was a couple nights Hands ago. Down. No, no, no. Some context. A couple nights ago, I saw she had her headphones on. I walked by, and she didn't even notice me. So I just rushed over. I did the the Simpsons thing of a like like not the hey. Like, hey, Bart, check out my hockey mask and like this just chainsaw. It was like, that was the kind of thing. I was like, I ran up to her. I was like, hey, when are you going to bed soon? And she was like, she was so mad. Was so mad. And then she got madder when I was laughing maniacally. So, <laughs> <laughs> but she loves Halloween. So she should appreciate being scared. That's my point. So, Richard, what's your, what's your number four most frustrating? Uh, my number four most frustrating is Paul scaring people with headphones on. <laughs> Um, it was uh, it was a terrifying episode. Very insensitive. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Now, seriously, number four, probably most frustrating. You drive. What the hell? So th- this had, I mean, now honestly, this had serious potential that was just completely unrealized. I mean, the conceit itself isn't bad. Dude is in a hit and run, feels bad about it, ultimately turns himself in whenever Carr decides to become Christine and, and honk at him a lot. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, why, why not have in here, in, and whenever I thought about these, just ideas popped in that I thought could have improved it. Like, okay, why not have the dude that he hates get blamed be, say, someone that he likes, actually? get blamed you know maybe that dude from work is actually his buddy and he's like oh no they think it's my buddy but i'm too scared to go and blah 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 and then the car starts going crazy or maybe his wife gets blamed for it and then he really gets you know guilt-ridden and then the car starts to drive him mad or maybe have the car be possessed by the kids somehow and then i i don't know it just ah ah what I, else do I have? I don't I, I don't know if this is one that I really uh am on the same level with you, but I I, I can see where you're what you're saying, but yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> not to show my hand, but yeah, you know, I don't agree well, with well, you. Well, <laughs> before you before you tip your hand, before you tip your hand of, of, that, of number that one best episode for the season. <laughs> yes, exactly. Killer cars. Yeah. Rock. Sorry you love this one so much, Terry. But no. <laughs> oh no, this was this was one of those ones that was circling, and I think I've talked about this previously on um, the series where I'd watched this five and a half years ago when I was prepping um, Strange Highways because I'm like, well, that's car related. And I watched it at the time and I was like, I don't know about this one. I ended up landing on it better the second time through and then talking with it with, with Terry. However, every single thing you're saying is completely accurate. Um, I think the warden from the Shawshank Redemption deserves everything coming to him in this. He, and- he does. Yes. <laughs> but one thing too that I thought that actually even sounded the best whenever I went through all these other questions was why not have the the car doing all the same stupid shenanigans, but he it 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 kind of pulls a Michigan J frog. It's like he's the only one that sees it. Yes, versus the mechanics like, where it but, just leaves. And comes yeah, back. It's like yeah. but dear, the car's been here the whole time. Or, <laughs> or what do you mean? I haven't heard her honking at all. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Just no, something. It, it would have been better. I think. I think the episode would have kind of tied the bow together better if he had ended up at the same intersection where he hit the kid. And the car runs him over and then goes back home and goes in the garage. Like, so you don't know. I think that would have been, I just like, like, I understand, again, this is a Hamner script, right? So, all right. Your mileage may vary, pun intended. 
I agree. Uh-huh. I, I agree with you. Um, like the the things I appreciate about this episode are the the location shooting because it was actually shot out in streets, so it looked different. I like yes. that they figured out a way to set up somebody driving the car without a, a steering wheel. Like, it's not, sorry, without affecting the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And the reverse shot of him, the gentleman, the the, the, um, the roadway, where it looks like the car's pulling up to him and it stops, knowing that was reverse shot. Um, that was a cool sequence that they actually did. Yeah, and it didn't look like a clunky. No. You, oh, yeah, you could. That's clearly reverse shot. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I forget the guy who directed that, but he was a mainstay for the Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. But everything plot wise you're saying, I completely agree with you. So, Terry, what was your number four? And that was John Brom. John Brom. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So, uh, number four on the list of most frustrating, The Fear. I. (laughs) Why? Yeah. Dude. (laughs) Wait a minute. It's. This, this, this sounds. Oh, I don't know. I might. This sounds like I might have feelings on it too. But please continue, Terry. <laughs> so I. There, what if I do this the entire time? <sighs> As you're talking, Whoa. and you just get blown. It's oh. a balloon. <laughs> the <I'm>, entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just there were so many cool things going on in this episode. The I like the first half betrays the second half. Oh, sorry, the second half betrays the first half so much. Correct. Yeah, and like yes. the just like the the isolation, the the not knowing what's out there, and all that stuff. That's that's so cool. I love those kinds of storylines in it. Yeah. And then we get the tell and the end, and it's like, and you get the fingerprints, the giant fingerprints on the freaking car. That is so stupid. As soon as I saw that, I was like, this is this is done. This one's can, can derailed. Can I point out that we saw a giant spaceman in a spacesuit with an eyeball helmet wearing gloves? So why were there fingerprints? I just realized right. that right now, saying that out loud. Right. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. also pointed out the the one footprint the one yeah footprint. i mentioned yes. that during the episode <laughs> like if these if this is an intelligent race and they're trying to scare human beings you did a shitty job <laughs> just saying man like yeah. you just didn't do good enough all right i mean put a dude in a big like furry suit out in the woods you're gonna scare the hell out no, like of a I lot said, of people. I, I mean, <laughs> I was expecting the robot monster that I know that was the big guy in the gorilla suit with like the bubble helmet and like yeah. the TV antenna. Oh, yeah. the fishbowl helmet. Yeah. Yes. Which I only know that from the cars video. Like you might think, where you see the robot monster running around. Like, give me that. Like that's fine. But what we got was not fine. Yeah. It was the overlords of CBS with the giant eyeball. Which you might as well. You might as well just give me the same thing from the black leather jackets and be like, oh, that's the alien overlord with right. the giant eyeball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was just I, there was enough here that made me interested. But by the time oh. that the episode was done and over with, I was like, man, that sucks. I, I wish I would have. I wish I could have gotten in there and be like, let me just let me tinker around in here. <laughs> yeah. Let me just move things around. <laughs> Ugh, I just I, I don't like because it was our last Sterling script. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so all right. So, so much so, promise. But so that was your number four. Right? That was my number four. Mine is a kind of a stopwatch. Hmm. Uh, because oh. the idea is cool. The execution of the entire episode is terrible. Poor. Just terrible. And to find out that the main actor became Leonard on Community, which I love Community and Leonard, just broke my heart more to find out how obnoxious is. Like, he, like, this is also kind of played for comedy. And until the very end, then it just takes a turn. And it's like, but you didn't go dark enough. 
with it. And like you have this MacGuffin of the stopwatch and it breaks. So then he's stuck in like, you know, frozen time forever and he can't. So the, the, the thing that his punishment is, is that he can't talk to anybody as opposed to you're frozen in time forever now, which is way worse than you can't talk to somebody. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it feels like, I know this was based upon a short story, but and it was not a Sterling like script, like in full. Um, it feels like a revisit of time enough at last in a lot of ways. And, but it's like a shitty version. Also, you're going to use a, a, a stopwatch to like maybe eat part of a donut. You think bigger. Come on. Like, that's what I got to say about that. Yeah. He could have been Lex like, Luthor at this yeah. point. Like you, you yeah. especially whenever he goes into the bank and then stops time. Like we talked about that during the episode. It's like, how about you get out of the, the, the view, the view of anybody? How about you stop time at your apartment when no one can see you? You go take all of the money and bring it back and then restart time. And everyone's like, where'd that money go? I don't know. I didn't see an asshole with half a donut here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think what really would have improved the episode is if they would have shown at least 10 more instances (laughs) of something stopping. Yeah. All, all the, I didn't get enough to get, Oh, oh, that was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. The montages were terrible, but yeah, that was, it was the bones of the idea is there. And I believe in the 80 series, this idea is revisited in some fashion. So let's hope for the best. Yeah. So uh, what's number three for you there, Richard? Well, my number three is the seventh is made up of phantoms. Um, Not a baseball fan. I get it. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah. so how is it that the U.S. National Guard dudes just automatically decide with decide to side with custard custard <laughs> or custard, custard. you know, Damn custard, it. custard cream pie? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and and to believe everything about the rifts that are in time just so quickly. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's some idiots. Wait a minute, we must be back in time. What? What? You're, you're just accepting that at random. What? LARPing was not a possible idea. <laughs> I guess not. No, no. I mean, and, and even the dude that studied history should have at least thought, okay, wait a minute. Let me think for a second. Why did the U S army go out to little big horde in the first place? Oh yeah. To go kill some Indian slash native Americans. Did, did he not think that that wasn't okay? Maybe <laughs> that redoing it would somehow just let's go get him boys. And, ah, Dan Snyder was part of that group. I'm kidding. Uh, but like, uh, uh no, it's just yeah. like, yeah, it just and doesn't that yeah. doesn't that in and of itself go against the very whole Twilight Zone mantra of, you know, not killing people that are kind of oppressed? I mean, well, it's funny may- that you say that because that interview that I, I part played part of uh, from the Library of Congress, uh, Serling talked about he, he like if you go back and listen to it, it, it sounds like he's being very offensive, but he's not in the sense of like he's mentioning that there is times when you can speak to social issues um, and you could pick uh, particular pe- uh, pieces of people or parts of people because society has deemed it like, Oh no, we're, we're, we're better than this now. Like we're past this. And he actually singled out native Americans. It's like, you could do this. It's like, and, and meaning that like, 
if you want to tell the story of like, you know, oppression, this is, this is something that is viewed as okay for the television audience. I'm not saying that Rod agreed with it. It's just that felt like that was the common purview at the time. So, um, the morals and attitudes were changing. He was very much aware of minorities and where their place were, which we even talked about during the episode. There were a couple people of color placed in the military ranks during that episode. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which I was kind of surprised. In a way I was surprised in a way I wasn't because, okay, it's Rod, but yeah. But it was one of those things where he, like when it talked about like native Americans, like, like people didn't view that as offensive because it's like, Oh, well we're past that now versus like, I don't know. It's a complicated situation in terms of what the time was at the time, but you're right. Like, I feel like that is kind of uh, antithetical uh, to the twilight zone, but it still yeah. happened. I agree with that. Well, exactly. And I mean, even if it was something like a, a tweak as minor as the men just watching something, ha- watching the whole thing unfold, but kind of like it did, but they weren't able to take part in it. And either one side or the other, maybe I make it more of, living up to the name of phantoms. Thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Well, I'm I, frustrated I, because I think he they could had have made tank. like a good talking yeah. point, but not, you know, necessarily preachy in that sense either. That's fair. I just, well, I feel like a, they had a tank. They didn't use it and B. Well, uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> when they came across, uh, and I, and Terry, I apologize that you kept telling me that when I was using the word TP, you kept saying the word, um, wigwam, wigwam. wigwam and yeah. I messed that up repeatedly. So, I'm an insensitive son of a bitch. I apologize for that. I don't think that the seven wigwams we saw was a village. I think that was kind of silly. Um, but also the whole thing of like the whole, the whole thing was very front facing in terms of, we saw the three of them and they're walking through history, but we never, like we saw the one, the possibility of something on horseback, right? There was like, there was the one shot of the one native. And then we got like the wigwams, like, like I understand the budgets were limited, but it's like if you're going to hint at for for as much as much as we just talked about a, a kind of a stopwatch with all the stock footage, maybe bring in some more to show the enormity of the conflict that's going on versus them just walking towards the camera where it's like I guess we're leaving <laughs> yeah. the tank behind to go in the past. Like no, you have an armored vehicle. Like wasn't that the reason? Like I hate to you know um, like get into this, but isn't part of the reason why? the U S government was able to do what they did because a lot of the times they had superior numbers in technology. Like I think a tank might have changed things during the battle of little bighorn, not little, little bighorn or whatever they called those yeah. rivers. Remember it was like, yeah, you know, there was like little the bighorn big river and, and the little, little bighorn. And then, um, yeah. the fun size bighorn or whatever they called everything. Yeah. Super snack size, snack size, snack size, bighorn. Um, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, there was definitely some things that could have been tweaked in yes. that episode. So that was yeah. that, so that was your number three, right? So uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. Terry, your number three, please, yes, please. So my number three is "Come Wander with Me." It made it on both my bottom what? five. Oh, and- <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, double sir. duty. Because I, I think I, I even said you, Paul. Just by text, I'm like, man, a lot of my bottom, because I kind of had a bottom 10, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just going to have to split them. Yeah. Because a lot of them could have easily switched. I, I respect that Terry forth. was like, I'm going to screw tradition and just put like, d- double. Well, I did this last time, too. I, 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 double dip, dude. Fair. Double dip. Well, you know, and 
and, and I'll, I'll I'll go a little bit more into saying why it deserves to be on this most frustrating list as well. Um, I think that the 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 possible like time loop idea is very cool. I think that the the ghost story twist to it is very cool, but the way that it is pulled off, the tells that are put in in place early, like we see his gravestone. What the hell? We get the dude who should be like, hey, the warner, like he he warns people, doesn't say anything at all. You mean the janitor from Rigging Girl? Because that was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. the same. Just, yeah, Catcher's Mitt McGee. Yeah. 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 Ugh, what a jerk face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hated that dude in the episode. And then like the the brothers, the the, the Brayford, the Brayford brothers. You gonna take my I think what? you just acted better right there, Terry. I, yeah, I, 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 I like that you're part Boom, Boomhauer and part Rayford brother. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I just, I just, th- I think that there's a lot of cool things going on here in the music, the folk song, like th- that storytelling, like that's cool. That's an that's an interesting aspect. But the way that was handled, too, like her starting to sing the song, I was like, that's goofy. Stop <laughs> singing the song. Stop it. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. If I was a Floyd Barney or whatever the hell his name is, Floyd Bernie. Floyd Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't have been, like, I wouldn't have made some of the choices. I wouldn't have been hanging out with that chick. I, I don't know. Uh, it just, it was handled so poorly and it could have been such a cool episode so that's why it's on both lists fair enough so my number yeah. three is the jeopardy room which oh. i i i like the, the idea of this episode a great deal and if you go back and listen to our conversation i think we both we we, we dug the idea i just think that this there was a lot left on the table this could have been this could have been a great like just real-time like 24 minutes and it spent so much time with the, the one like Russian agent that was trying to prove how smart he was. Uh, and we ended up getting, um, Oh, that was the lead. Um, what's his so name? Martin, Martin Landau. Landau, Martin Landau, who was great, right? Like he also Mr. Dino doomsday anyway. Um, but he was, uh, <laughs> like he was great in this as well. It's like, I, I just, I like as much, I mean, I feel like, like we've been spoiled by, uh, you know, the saw films in the sense of like the ticking clock, they're, they're shit films, but the idea of like, you got like, there's the Hitchcock thing, which I, I'm sure I mentioned during the episode of like, there's a difference between people sitting at a table talking, then a bomb blows up versus showing the audience of the bomb ticking before they're, they're talking. Yeah. And we needed, we needed to see the bomb. We needed to see, like, what was that, um, um, all that film, Touch of Evil, where it, the beginning of it with, um, oh, yeah, with a long pan. The long yes. pan, where we see the, the bomb yeah. go in the back of the, the, the yeah, trunk like of the, the car. Yeah, it's like the first shot. Yeah, Orson Welles does this amazing tracking shot on the set, right? Yes. It goes on for minutes tracking. where you Thank know, you. we know that there's this crane and tracking shot of this, like, device in the back of this trunk of this car. And it, it, it is a masterclass of how to set suspense. And yeah. then that scene. It's like ends, an almost eight minute tracking shot. It's just, which at the time is like so hard to do. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. like if we would have had that to start with him, like with him waking up with the main character waking up and us knowing there's a bomb or at least like tipping it off to some way, maybe we don't know where it is. 
or something. Like you could have made this like this like this white knuckle like sweat drenched uh, like sequence of events. And I'm not saying this episode's bad. It's just that when you see what they're doing, it could have been so much better. So that's why it's on my most frustrating. Mm. Bam. There okay. it is. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can kind of buy that. Cause like, <laughs> there it's, you go. well, it, <sighs> there is a plastic bomb near you, Richard. I've not this, told you where it is, but you know, it's, it's, it's set to go off. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yes. No, no, this episode, it's like, it's a great episode, but it almost seems misplaced in the twilight zone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if, if there was some show that Rod did called suspense, I don't know, suspense or spy versus spy or <laughs> spy whatever. Versus spy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it would have been more, you know, I, I like the idea that like, the black spy is like, <laughs> like the window and the white spy yeah. is the room. <laughs> like I like the idea, but there be no dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No dialogue. One of them's bound to get it there. <laughs> and then one of them picks up like a bowling ball sized bomb. <laughs> like, yeah. Looks at, yeah. I would like that. Yes. So what, what's number two on your list there, Richard? All right. Number two, this, uh, this one was already talked about to uh, kind of to my end from earlier, uh, the fear to which my first word is. <sighs> big old side. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Is that, is that the sound of the air escaping the large eyeball monster? That's not real. It, is that what happened? It was, it was the air escaping my lungs whenever the episode <laughs> ended. It was. So, like, do you do you like i don't know if do you agree like like the first half is actually pretty interesting oh, I, I agree yeah. with everything you guys said the first half of that episode was gold it was like it was setting me up even even amongst you know the, the usual rod talkiness and it but still he, he was you know filling in the character work he was he was really setting things and up the main to, characters like were vibing suspenseful you, episode you, you know yeah it's like smash. in a way they were <laughs> butting heads but they still had a bit of chemistry yeah, too. heads yeah, I get it. Yeah. Bumping yeah. uglies. Yeah. But, but yeah. So yeah, the fingerprints, the single footprint, the effing balloon. No, 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 no. What, what, uh, wait, wait, can we talk about the car drifting at like three inches per it, second or whatever? And then it yeah. flipped over. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That, and that doesn't then work. ultimately. It's a hell of a stunt. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even then we ultimately get the call back to the inverters. I mean, yeah. bitch, please. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> No. Fair enough. All right. So Terry. Yeah. Now, now give yeah. me, you know, the, the, the noise on the roof, the, the inexplicable lighting, the, the, you know, all that I'm on board. You know? Yes. Maybe the main characters should turn against each other. Yeah. Or, because you, you had you know, the main character, like you, you had her being like suffering from a breakdown. Then you find out that like the, 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 the trooper had been in two wars and they, they're talking specifically about fear. So you think that that might be, there's this elements of like, well, what, where, where, where do you pull the pin on the grenade for the both of them? You know? And exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. either, and, and that could be in the reverse could happen too. Maybe they decide to work together rather than just, they go outside and suddenly the female's like, Oh, I'm going to run away. Like, no, no, <laughs> stick together and try to figure this out rather than I'm getting out of here, bitch. And no, yeah, dude, Either, either see how they can work together or make them totally go against each other. Kind of like, um, and I, I think one of you mentioned it on this episode, kind of almost a callback to uh, uh, the monsters on Maple Street. Yeah. It's like just the aliens sitting back, seeing how humans interact with each other. If you kind of want to do that 
okay, I'll I'll be able to buy that rather than the the big CBS balloon monster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for like you, it's the eyeball, right? It's always all it's all seen. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Terry, where are you at? Number two for me is what's in the box. Yes, I what? Can. How, you oh, using all- <laughs> <laughs> We didn't talk about this before. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so man. You guys did not set the ground rules. There's some good ideas. I always, assumed, I always assumed that. That's on me. I'm going to throw one of these out here one second here. Mm. I always assumed that we would just choose different ones for our list. No and way. And Terry came along and has punched me in the face. And I guess I guess we're no longer friends. No, I broke, broke the system. <laughs> we need to talk about this. I, no, no, I agree. If there's a Venn diagram of worst and, and most frustrating, yeah, it, they, they, it you're right. The that should belong. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Good ideas. I, I love the idea that the TV is able to show this this bastard what he's done and how it's going to affect. But like everything outside of that was like poorly executed like i didn't like anything else that was there, there existing. was a fun like, idea here that, yeah. That, yeah yeah it's literally just the premise that i liked and then it just all went down from hill from there and i was like it that, that was such a cool idea yeah. we could have had something really cool there but these sons of bitches they messed it up <laughs> so, I, so that's all i'm gonna say about that you because including- I was gonna say, are you including the boxing match between uh, husband and wife there, or is it just? I mean, I you mean, got a few right hooks in there. Crash, well, that was messed up. That, yeah, I don't domestic violence. You know, like I'm not gonna <laughs> endorse that at all. I but, mean, I don't know if Pooh Bear is gonna be all about uh, the uh, wife beating. It's but like, come on, <laughs> but, yeah, like just there's 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 a, there's a lot of areas the hundred acre wood that you don't know about. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's my two right. cents. Uh, now I can stop ever talking about so what's in the box again. This this will probably surprise Terry and Richard. My number two is uh, <laughs> spur of the moment. Because Did they not scream enough times for you? <laughs> no, no, because there was there was something here yeah. and it it's yeah. like there's yeah. so much here that i dig and also i mean i talked about it in the episode and i know i played the, the clip multiple times because it's my favorite intro to a twilight zone episode ever like i just well love i love 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 <laughs> this random screaming which we talked about shows up again in the fear it's cut off like yeah, I, great oh it's like there's something here that it's like Oh my gosh, there is something way darker that is here. And it just like, it was like one of those things that was like 80% there. And it just didn't quite cross the finish line for me. Um, so it leaves me ultimately frustrated because this could have been one of those sledgehammer episodes. And I don't know why they couldn't take it across the line. I do like that Serling's narration that he wrote mirrors the end. Like there's that loop that we talked about. Like I just, Oh my gosh, this could have been like, there is, there is so much good here. So I can't dismiss it as my worst, like my bottom 10 that I, that I haven't got it. Like we've got, we did the five, but yeah. like, Oh my gosh. Like there, this is a math setup. This is the last math episode. If I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, Oh my gosh, there there is so much in- interesting things here, but it doesn't pull together. So I'm frustrated by it. There we go. So yeah. uh, number one yeah. for you, Richard. 
Well, number one for me is um, is the encounter. So okay. there was really. I don't know why, oh, why are you why are you racist? I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, because I hate George to get, no, actually I love George <laughs> No, it's this a, is, this is a really weird episode. Yeah. Thank you. It's weird, but there was so much potential for this just from the, all the way around and, and, and uh, allow me just for a moment to read all my notes because Please. I was like heavy on this one. It's like, um, I wish they would have settled on where the supernatural element came from or shown it just a touch more from the sword. How did George Takei go from dude wanting to make a few extra bucks to I'm a Japanese national holding the sword and I want to murder? You know, why not make his quote possession as it were or, or, or make, why not make it more evident? You know, maybe use Takei's own life experience of the uh, internment camps as the doorway rather than, no, oh, my dad was a traitor. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you're going to stick with the traitor aspect, why not make, you know, one change instead of. You know, when Takei goes out through the long story of my dad was trying to save the blah, 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 he says, but that's not true, whatever he's talking about it. And instead switched around to something like, but that's what I tell everyone that happened. What really happened was, and then go into his father being the traitor. Now, as for a uh, white dude whose name I can't remember. Fred, uh, drunk I, Fred, Fred Flintstone, yeah. Fred Flintstone, yeah. I don't, I don't care about Fred here. I mean, yeah. like we're not supposed to, you know, because he's kind of a dick. But, um, but on one hand, too, I, I, you can almost empathize with part of his plight because, and I, and I will explain this in a second too. And, and Rod shined a light on it in the guy's confusion regarding the propaganda that he was fed when he was a very young man. Yeah. In, in his quote saying, you know, first they told us you were animals, but now you were really advanced people. I don't understand it. And it's like, well, yeah, if you're told that as a kid, it's like, you know, racism isn't, you're not born with it. Hatred, you're not born with it. You learn it. Yeah. And if that's something that you go in and you go into war and you see someone, I mean, <laughs> God love my um, one grandfather, but man, he used the J word a lot. And until I was a little older, did I realize, oh, you don't say that. <laughs> you say Japanese. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, it, and he, he was in World War II and his ship sank and all that. But anyway. <laughs> no, I think that's valid. I think that like in terms of what you're saying of what, like that's, it's a very frustrating episode because like the message is mixed, which is what you're talking about. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I would have liked Maybe some more light shined on other examples where he was he was confused. There was mixed messaging in what he was yeah. given, not just like oh now everyone that's coming across the borders and blah 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 maggot whatever. <laughs> so that's fair enough. Yeah, because because it just makes him a bigoted asshole, not really someone you can really kind of not not even necessarily root for, but at least get on board with a little more. So yeah, and, and for the end of the episode, just bullshit. <laughs> I mean, George yeah. Decay jumping out the window and screaming bonsai. It's like, well, you just racist the whole episode up. And it's like I'm to, laughing no. because you're right, not because it's like, not because I agree with the racist part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, we all like no Terry Aaron's like that. Ha like I, I don't like I don't like the comedic button of like that happened, but I don't know how else to say that it happened. It yeah, happened exactly because <laughs> what they could have done, and, and I, I had two thoughts here. They could have Takei either killing himself with the sword, 
whether him still in that possessed state that I was talking about earlier or kind of returning to himself, realizing what he had done. And then like, Oh, what did I do? Uh, I can't escape it. And then killing himself that way or him returning to his old self, trying to escape and then finding out that he's able to open the door easily. What if he took like the $7 from the other guy's wallet to mow the lawn? I think that would have been good too. <laughs> I'm only taking what I was promised. Yeah, I, yeah, I gotta like, mow the you're lawn. Dead, no, it's why do you have taking your money? Yeah. No, no one. Like, eventually, someone will find you, and no one will give a shit. All right. So, Terry, what yeah. was your number one most frustrating? I made the pivot at the last moment. Uh, I'm going with the encounter as well. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, nice. So I see that you're being a sheep. Huzzah. That's fine. I'm <laughs> well, you know, I, I can't really. Uh, I can't beat the dead horse here. Uh, we, we've already covered you guys. Uh, I, Richard said it eloquently. Um, this episode had a lot of flaws in it, but the the, the idea was there. Like yes. it was, there was a lot of potential, and two yeah. great actors in these in these in these roles. Yes. Like there was a lot that could, a lot of meat on the bone here, and then like just misstep by misstep by misstep of what they could have uh, done to. I don't know, move the story along a little bit better at, at, at a, a, a creepier clip almost like to the, they, they could have had like some kind of emblem on the sword. And that was like his family crest or whatever. Yeah, like, like if there would have been some tie to like his actual ancestry. Yeah. There would, I think there yes. thematically, yes. I think that would have been like, or you'd hear it. some kind of whispers and just, just yeah. whispers, not even aud- like audible to the point where you know what they're saying, but yeah. just, and it's just like it invokes something in him that could have been a lot more uh, compelling. But yeah, that, I think. And did you bring that up in the episode, too? Because yeah. that I think that's a genius idea. Yeah. Just it, something like that, just yeah. to make it more evident that he's possessed or kind he's of, like realizing, oh, there's know, unfinished what business. This is why I'm here now. And, and both right. actors were terrific in this. I mean, George Takei is like he's awesome in this. Like and the other gentleman we talked about him, like he is a, like one of the most decorated uh, soldiers in World War II, and for him to yes. actually bring his own like uh, experience and like trauma in, like credit to him too. Like he, he, I mean, he's obviously he knows he's playing an asshole, right? But like he does a mm-hmm. good job of it. So. Uh, Neville Brand. Yes. No. Yes. So, yeah. I'd be remiss to not finally bring up his name. No, here, but so. he, no, he yeah, did. He, like his perform, like the performances of the both of them. There's no fault. Yeah. But like, yeah, the the script and and I don't know. Like the the this lies with the script, right? Because I think the directing's fine, the performances are fine. It just I, again one more pass. Yep. That's where we're at yeah. with that. So, yes. So my most frustrating, just to just round this out. Number one is the fear. We've talked about it. Um, <laughs> Beat it up. Like for me, for me, it's like Sterling, come on. Like I just, you've been, you have like weekly, you have been part of my life for like five and a half years. It's like, come on. Like I was hoping that with the, like the, the next, the last episode, the twilight zone, we like at least land and like have a soft landing. And not on a balloon. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rod um, could have gone another pass on this one. And it's like come up one of those things where it's yeah. like I'm frustrated because again the first half is great, the second half is garbage, and you see a man who is um, at the end, and uh, there are great ideas here. And again, um, we've talked about this before. Uh, the monsters doing it. Maple Street deal. They dealt with this a lot more objectively. Of like, the moment you change things amongst people, 
they're going to start calling out everybody else. I, I understand that this shouldn't be a retread of that. However, when you've already established that both main characters have fear from past experiences, but that is never brought back for them to face directly, that's a missed opportunity. So that is why this is my most frustrating for the season. So yeah, there we go. Wrap all up. right. So all right, uh, here we go. Uh, we're here we go, you guys. The we're cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Yeah, there we go. There here we go. go. Brr, there we go. Rises so, to the top. Rises to the top. So, um, all right. So our our best, our top five. You guys have waited two hours. So Richard, what's your number five? My number five is the last night of the jockey. So uh, this is a role in a one-man show that just uh, uh, Mickey Rooney was eventually meant to play. Because like there, there, there's so many parallels, it, seemingly from the character that he's playing from that career to his own career at this time. I, I did a little research, and once he came back home from the war, or the war effort or whatever, he, he just couldn't get... Uh, adult roles to save his life. And by that time he was too old to get juvenile roles, but he was still this five foot three dude. And all he knew was acting because he'd been doing it since he was six. So yeah, I, I just, I, I, I thought it really just kind of worked on all things. And then he, um, what else did I say? Yeah. I, I also enjoyed them going back and forth between his reflected alter ego and that really played well into the be careful what you wish for idea, because after he, you know, I don't want to be big. The alter ego comes back and just completely tears him down. Like, dude, you had any wish you could have requested and you just wanted to be big. He said, you, you don't you don't get it. You could have done so many other things with that. And, and it also shows that even though he did get his quote unquote wish, the midway through the episode, the character, his character still hadn't changed. He was still a dick. He still called up his girlfriend. And even though she didn't want to see him, he's like, ah, I can find other women now that I'm tall. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, nope, still a dick though. That's says the guy who was married eight times in real life. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think that's a good call. And like, I think it's an interesting episode. And the director of that ended up uh, doing uh and praise of Pip. That one, um, Oh, he also directed The Bewitching Pool. And I want to say Black Leather Jackets was the other one the gentleman directed as well. Like, so mm-hmm. you want to talk about, like, um, you started off high and then you just kind of kept going down. Joseph uh, Newman. Yeah, Joseph Newman, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I like I like the um, Mickey Rooney. Like, he gives it his all. I like that. I like the, the scene changes, right? Like, going from the different room sets. Uh, yes. It's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that episode, it has some worth. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, like the going back and forth with the alter ego, it worked a whole hell of a lot better than it did with 90 years of slumbering with, you know, <laughs> well, the Charlie in the box and it I, you know, I, just stop. <laughs> I will, I will raise you this. And you should go back to watch uh, the season two episode, uh, a nervous man in a $4 room. I will uh, okay. challenge you to watch that. So. Terry, what was your number five best of the season? Best of the season number five, The Masks. I really enjoyed oh. this episode. I thought it was a lot nice. of fun. Terry's in the pocket of Big Spirit Halloween. 
Yeah, Terry, that that was that was in my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good episode. I I think that, I mean it's memorable. I there's uh, there were some really cool casts on those masks and that. I like the the idea of the revenge storyline here. It's really cool, and and the fact that it's like no one's held dear either. These were his own family members that this guy was doing yeah. this to. This is great. No, yeah. the the William Tuttle uh, masks and makeup was great. It's always great to see William Tuttle like yeah. doing things. And yeah, I never spoke um, enough about him, but he is also in that like Mount Rushmore of why the twilight zone is important. So it was, it was a wonderful William Tuttle moment. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Really dug it. Um, my, any quibbles that I had with it were very, very minute. So, um, I don't know what, what's your, uh, number five. There, my Paul? number five, just, just because it is a hammer of an episode is I am the night color me black because, um, unfortunately, um, it still resonates. Um, it's, it's not a perfect episode. It is quite messy, but the notion that if you leave a uh, humanity its own devices and they still pick shitty outcomes and then like, oh, the world's going to get plunged into darkness. I'm like, all right, well, I guess if uh, eternal darkness runs on the ticket, like the next, like, I'll vote for it. Like, I don't know. Like it is, <laughs> it just, it's just like you just give, you give humanity like an inch and they would like, they'll always show like their worst inclinations. This is, this is a two hander of a Sterling episode. Um, like it, it's one of his like soapbox apps, soapbox episodes, right? It's like, so you got to respect that. And so the only supernatural element is the perpetual night, right? In the darkness. Yeah. Very biblical t- type of, yeah. uh, like, uh, yeah. revenge type of story. Here. And th- like when I was like, I'll, I'll admit going through my top five, this was way harder than worst and best. Like worst and most frustrating, right? Like it was yes. hard, but this is one that I have yeah. to put up there because, um, much like I will say he's alive from season four, it's not a comfortable episode, uh, but it's one of those ones that you want to show a mirror to humanity. Put this in your face. You have to watch it and have to consider it. So that's my my uh, number five. Great, great lines in that one too. Some oh, really good. There's script. some good dialogue. Yeah, yeah. There's some good hits in that for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. How about uh? Number four for you, Richard. Um, my number. Oh, uh, real side note here. Um, um, I am the night color me black was also an honorable mention, but um, I, I also because I had such a tough time picking. Are, my are top you a five, fan of edible eggs? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, no, about, about, tough... about the gentleman that was like being about the being hung. It's like does it make his eggs edible? Like yeah, no. I'm a fan of edible eggs. <laughs> yeah. What where the hell you were going with yeah, that? I, I forgot just, about I just, that. Part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. I, I had to kind of whittle my top five down by just just for the sake of getting in other or talking about other episodes. I eliminated the two episodes that I had been on with nightmare on a 20,000 feet in occurrence at Owl Creek bridge that really helped narrow things down for me. Okay. But, um, but at any rate, my number four is uh, living doll because this is an episode where if someone were to ask me, you know, what, what's the twilight zone all about? This was one that I could point them to and say, just watch this one Be, because it, it kind of hits all the beats like the, you know, good, well-meaning protagonists, the antagonist who's the main character, the ultimate comeuppance of said antagonist, 
and it, it just and Telly Savalas right there, <laughs> and Telly Savalas uh, tumbling down the staircase. Yes, yes. <laughs> so somebody but, was looking at my notes because that's number four on my list. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I find it really surprising. Out of thirty six episodes, we have aligned in many different ways. So, well, I'm about to betray you. It's fine. Oh but, no, uh, boo. We were going for the triple crown here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Living Doll was an excellent episode. Um, the, yeah, the child is. actor, she was really good in this. I I typically don't like child actors that much. Um, go to the bewitching uh, pool, please. Um, <laughs> I, I typically don't like children very much. Yeah. She was really <laughs> That's good. fair. Like, what right do yeah. they have? Like, you, gotta, you know, you gotta you, you gotta prove you gotta you gotta earn your keep. You, You're not even tall enough. You uh, son of <laughs> sons of bitches. Come on. Yeah. You're just wanting your dolls and getting your toys. Uh, Here's some boxing gloves. Figure it out. Like, yeah, you know, t- Telly Savalas. Yeah, exactly. he, he's awesome in this episode. He plays a real dirtbag of a father. Uh, father figure, rather. Um, and just like the things that he tries to do to this doll and the doll is just agging him on in it. You know, in the basement, it. like we go, no, sorry, we go to the garage and yeah. then brings out like <laughs> good like, stuff. Yeah. He brings out the torch and th- it just doesn't work. Yeah, man. the saw to the neck and it's not going through it. Like, this is some good shit, man. I love this stuff. And it just, I hearken back. It's a lot to, of fun. Yes. Yeah, I hearken back to a lot yeah. of like killer doll storylines and it's just, it's a lot of fun. So, what about you, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, th- I oh. think you, you should guys, you should go back to the Simpsons Treehouse Terror and look at for the clown without pity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the same one with uh, the, the gentleman that sells the doll, right? Like It's like, oh, it comes with a Froger. Oh, well, that's oh. good. <laughs> right? yeah, it's a- but it's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cursed. So oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it has whatever, phosphates. Well, that's bad. Oh. Anyway, so my number four. Uh, is night call um, because um, Ooh, just learning yeah, yeah. about like um, the director, this French director who did a lot of early influential horror, uh, the atmosphere in this is amazing. It's a Matheson story. Um, mm-hmm. Going back, I, I, it was, I was surprised that this ended up like not, this wasn't a bad episode. This was quite great. Um, it's just when you go back and look at like what I, what I believe is like the most like, best execution and best story. This ended up here. Uh, the reveal of the twist of where the phone line was, was great, but that wasn't the, the, the twist. The twist was her, um, like being forever lonely and being upset. And then when she realizes that what's going on with her deceased fiance and him saying, well, you told me not to talk to you. So she is now bedridden and elderly. And now she is forever alone is like a double whammy like but the, just the direction of this and the art style it, it just classes up the joint and it feels like a season one episode and um like again they're just thinking about it again why like why isn't this discussion like when people talk about twilight zone i don't know why this isn't discussion in the discussion of it you know that's why i'm gonna put that there yeah this one's a really really creepy one if yeah. if it, it, it would have it made my top 10 but th- th- this was one i kind of had to eliminate just because well yeah. no that's not that's not a bad problem to have but what was his name it, yeah exactly because like, it was like oh, jacques really, really tonner who directed this like this is one of his last projects but he directed like was it um 
oh cat people and the leopard man or whatever like he mm-hmm. he is um and, and it, like it's one he's one of those guys that's probably shaped our love of horror and we didn't realize it and, and it's a yeah. richard matheson story i mean yeah. so like yeah the yeah. dude the man you know coming i, back I will swimming. always be um like i just i will always show my uh love towards matheson and i i, I like again this type of supernatural isn't usually my cup of tea but it actually gives me an explanation for and it gives me like an emotional payoff and that beginning shot of her in the bed and also like the wheelchair and then when you see to the left that there's the other chair like and then to find out the tragedy of what's going on there's there's so many emotional payoffs that i dig so yeah yeah exactly then that was i mean kind of good prime matheson right there because not only does he give you the horror hit but he gives you the emotion behind it That's, yes yeah I respect Key. that so mm-hmm. all right so richard what's your number three my number three is the long morrow so because it's uh, all about the poop room <laughs> just, just so you know <laughs> You are blowing my mind right now, man. No the, like, no, no, like the long more, like I agree. Like there, there is some emotional weight there. And there, oh, there, there, yeah. yeah, this, the, <laughs> well, the idea is way better than the lack of a poop room. <laughs> yes, no, let me, let, me get my, let me get into my real notes. <laughs> but, okay, great. Although, although I did put it's all about the poop room. <laughs> but uh, I, no, I, this, for some people, it's definitely been important tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, this, this is true. But um, no, this episode is, um, it, and, and I didn't think of it until just going over it again. This is a science fiction version of an O. Henry story when you really want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it, because this is probably one of the most heartbreaking twilight zone episodes I'd ever seen. At least, I mean, certainly for this season, but this one was just rough. I mean, the the whole love at first sight thing that was, I was a little rushed to get into the, I, I, you know, the runtime, I I get it. (laughs) No, it's like, Oh, we just hung out. I guess we're going to hang out tonight. And now we've been together for four hours. Like, he, yeah, and but, I love. But we found out that he had like what it was like a few months before he was launched up into the space without a poop room. Like we could have, yeah, exactly. We could have like, well, like, built oh, that a little longer. We could have been like, oh, yeah. we've been together for five months. I'm like, oh yeah, they do love each other. As opposed to, this is some Tinder bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. having phone <laughs> yeah, calls yeah. between the two, seeing each yeah. other through glass because he has to no, stay in no, isolation. You hang up. You, you're in deep space. You yeah. hang up. No, no, no. You hang up. <laughs> I no, but yeah, you're, you're but saying in terms of like the, like this this is the epitome of like star crossed, right? Like it is. Oh, that that's yeah. exactly the phrase I used. That it becomes a literal crossed lovers story. Yeah, because you know, just you know, her going into uh, the the suspended animation and him getting out of his suspended animation, just so you know, each one of them thinking they'll be at the same age by the time they meet again. And of course not doing it. Hence the O Henry story thing. No, I cuts off her hair and whatever, whatever. But anyway, it's yeah. And then when they meet up again, you're just gutted because then dude's like, no, uh, it's not going to work no matter how much she tells him it is. And he's like, yep, I got to go. If only he would have a a short drink from a certain fountain. That's that might've worked out. No, 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 I like that. That's not that's not show up on any of our no. list because it was like, well, that happened. I, I like that is the epitome of that happened. <laughs> yeah, that, that episode is a solid meh. Like 
Is Terry, is that your number one? Is <laughs> a short drink wizard fountain? No. Son of a bitch. No. It's no. a decent episode, but no, it's no, not. No, I mean, a good idea, but yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. that apartment yeah, yeah, gets that, a that five, was, though. Yeah, my the apartment's three, amazing. Yes. Terry. Oh, I'm sorry. What was your word? No, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Please. You're saying. What was that, Richard? Oh, no. That that was it. That's really, I mean, that one just, it, it's rough, but it's beautiful episode. So Fair uh, enough. All right. So three. Number yeah, three Terry. for me is the number 12 looks like you. That's, oh. I like this episode a lot. I nice. think it's hard hitting. Yeah. Um, it, it comes in with a, a lot of uh, clear messages about, you know, what the world has come to, uh, how, uh, you know, fitting in is such an important thing. Uh, and how like no one wants to listen to you, you know, when you want to be an individual conformity, it mm-hmm. sucks. So I, I really enjoyed this episode that it was a, a lot of, uh, a lot of important messages here. Well, n- knowing that this was based upon like a Beaumont short story and like we, we, we've now learned in like the later seasons that his, his, his being infirmed, uh, unfortunately, like he couldn't contribute as much. But at least he got the short story is called The Beautiful People, if I remember right. Um, And that somebody came and adapted it. This feels like pure crystalline Twilight Zone, just just powderized and just just I'll snort up my nose like that is allegory. (laughs) It is social commentary. It is weird. And it's the distant future. Like this could have existed in the first three seasons and you wouldn't have batted an eye. I adore this episode, especially with like the very subtle fourth wall break of the main character looking in the mirror and looking at you. It is haunting. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. This thing yeah, that, fires that on just, all cylinders. I dig this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that solidified it to me, yeah. too. Like oh. that death, that look. Honestly, I wish we like we talked about a little critique, whatever. I would have loved to have seen like a little tear coming down her like her cheek. Like, or something, the, like. the acknowledge that she's conformed. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. great, great episode. And uh, yeah. Uh, what's your number three? I so, just want to point out that the main male character played like seven different people. And I loved the his like was body position and like pinky in the in the face or whatever. Like I loved how like he was leaned into to perform like you know, the uncle, like the, that was it? Um, the one doctor and like the one Nazi psychiatrist. Like I, I liked all that. And oh, the yeah. dad in the yeah. picture too. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the, the same gentleman, I forget his actor, the actor's name, but he was in persons or persons unknown. But and he was also was, in uh, 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 the uh, house on Hunter Hill. No, oh, there you go. So my number three okay. is steel. Nice. Uh, Again, another Matheson episode. I am partial, but you get, um, you get fighting robots. You get, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. We get fighting. What? I'm sorry. You get fighting a robot. You get fighting robots. Uh, You get the boxing, you get um, Lee Marvin playing a man, like extended to past the edge. And like, I love Lee Marvin. Like it just, my God, like this, like (laughs) as outrageous as this episode is, I love the premise of like, oh, we can't have bloodshed in the ring. So we're going to have like these boxing robots. Like it's a fun idea. And then how he's like, oh, our, what was it? Our, our, um, like Mark three or whatever it was. Can't, or sorry, B3, 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 whatever it was, whatever B2, the B2 can't like fight against, um, what they have. So I'm going to go on there and black out my eyes and make myself look like a robot and just get the ever loving, like stuffing bit out of me. Like, like, and then also like he didn't win, but they just got enough to move on. 
Like there is something gritty and amazing about this episode that hints at a bigger world. And I love steel. I thought, I thought it was really, really cool. I dug this episode a great deal. Very, very cool storyline. Uh, and the music is yeah. very jaunty yeah. and very jazzy and like, just go. Yeah, that one's really good. Oh, I, I rewatched that one. Yeah. I think last week. Other than and it's the, the, the like the excellent. roller skate wheels and like one of the casters like yeah. your like the the B two that has like the shopping cart wheels I, or whatever like yeah it's, uh, like literally the wheels are falling off of their plan and and yeah. uh, and it uh, wasn't mentioned because uh, uh, you know we covered this episode months ago but uh, we just recently lost Chuck Hicks who played the Flash oh I didn't know that Man, okay Flash oh, so we lost yeah. him back in May. All so, right. Well, so RIP, but yeah, you, you were in an excellent episode, man. So, uh, yeah, thank steel, you. steel's cool. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, when you, like, we talked about that film Real Steel that came out years later, right before Matheson's passing away with, uh, Hugh Jackman with the fighting robots. That's, that's a fun movie. Like, it's, I like it. Yeah. It's like, a popcorn flick, man. Yeah. So it's, it's good fun. Yeah. So cool. steel, steel's cool. So anyway, so that's yeah. my number three. So, Richard, what's your number two best of the season? All right, my number two is uh, just talked about moments ago. Number twelve looks just like you. There we go. That uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. This is a, a dystopian story that I, I've always enjoyed, and it, and and quite unlike black leather jackets, it really exemplifies what Twilight Zone's all about. Just oh yeah, individuality and, and, and trying to accept it. And, and I like, and even though everyone else is, you know, of course, there's only two options for the women and two options for the men. Like even the main character, the protagonist herself, she's not unattractive. It's, no, it's not like she's no, she's know, not ugly or anything. Or anything. Like, like, yeah, she's like a yeah. she's like a pig monster from like Eye of the Beholder or whatever. It's exactly, in which, and honestly, that even adds to the story too. That really makes it. It's like the flip of it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's like the reverse of Eye of the Beholder, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, she was you know sticking to her guns because her father was the same way, and he tried to get her in, and and I love that that showed or they talked about how he, the father had killed himself because he had he sold out to the man and <laughs> regretted his decision later on, and just eventually it was too much for him. But well, um, yeah. but yes, Richard Long is the actor that. Um, he's good. He was really good. All those yes. roles. Yeah. It, it, I thought it was fantastic how he's able to just jump from one to the next to the next to the next. And the uh, I had to look up the psychologist's name, Sigmund Friend. friend. Sigmund Friend, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hat, hat tip of him and uh, excellent episode. Yeah. yeah. What what you two said, yes. Right. Terry, what's your number two? Number two for me is Nightcall. I... Love this episode, man. It was yes. awesome, dude. Like everything you had to say about it, Paul, is right on. Like it was just the atmosphere was built in. The the actor the actresses that were in this role were awesome. The teleplay. I even did the teleplay before this. Listen to that at work. Awesome story. I mean, there's not much more we can say about it. It's just it's wonderful. I don't think it needs any extra padding. What do you think, man? I agree. I think I think yep. it's wonderful. I think it's creepy. And then um, I'm hoping that one point we can revisit um, the Tales from the Dark Side because there's an episode called um, Sorry, Ro- Sorry, Right Number. Mm. I think it's what's called. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Stephen King wrote the teleplay for it. He submitted it to Amazing Stories and Steven Spielberg was like, this isn't amazing enough. 
like in, it, it's, it's like a widow who keeps getting calls from somebody she doesn't know what's going on and then gets weird mm. um i feel like this is a spiritual successor to this episode okay um no this mm-hmm. is creepy and i forget the 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 the, the actress gentleman sorry the the gentle lady's uh name who was also in um, um nothing in the dark and the past oh, that was the one with robert redford yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the season. Oh, episode. That episode was it's amazing. amazing. Right? Like, yeah. With her, amazing. she's the same lady. Yeah. And, um, oh. yeah. Like Gladys Cooper, Gladys Cooper. Like, and it, oh. it was always wonderful to see her. Like all three times she just knocked out of the park. And also a brief side. I mentioned this previously. I love that. Whenever uh, there was the casting for nothing in the dark, she met Robert Redford. She's like, I, I want him. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she's like, she's like, bring him to me. And I'm like, you're not wrong about Glass <laughs> Cooper. Like, yes, come to my Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just, she carries this episode. I, Night Call, she does it. And yeah, no, it's one of those ones. It's like, again, as much as we might be saying that like season five had more downs than ups, this is one of those ones that I don't, no one talks about. Yeah, it's right? kind of disappointing. And yeah. So yeah. it's like. No, 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 please, 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 you know, look at this. Like, it's one of those ones, it's like, like, um, again, um, it, it's, it's, it's been wonderful to review all the Twilight Zone to find, like, it's not these hidden gems. It's like, it's just right there and it's worthy of discussion. And Night Call is one of those that, again, if it had showed up in the first three, first three seasons, I, I feel like people would talk about it more, but people are so quick to like dismiss the second half of the Twilight Zone. And I think that's unfair. So. Very unfair. So, um, yeah. So my, my number two. Yeah. Let's it is yes. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Another oh, Matheson God. episode <laughs> nice, with, yes. with, a, with a Terry Walker, the, the Wind Walker there. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Searching it, for his beer. It, nice. It's also like the first Donner episode. You have, you got Bill Shat. Um, like it is as much as the wing walker itself looks like, like a build a bear that you messed up. Like, I get it. Like it's not right. Um, but the terror is there. The suspense is there. The payoff is great where we find out that like he was right. He was yeah. right. There was something out there and it's messing up the wing. Um, spoiler. We're going to revisit the story in a couple weeks, but I, I, I think this is like one of those ones is where it's like um, everything clicks. And it's a wonderful episode. Clearly, it's one of those ones that um, has been referenced multiple times. Like, we found out after covering this on the show that there was a great SNL skit that has Bobby Moynihan <laughs> yeah. as the wing walker. That's <laughs> like, it's so fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, like, it's just one of those ones. It's like you can't like it, it's 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 iconic Twilight Zone and it's iconic Matheson. And I can't not not mention it. And so. nightmare inducing, really. I oh, mean, it's so geez. good. It's so good. Yeah, so, it's really yeah. really good. Yeah, A to B, just there you go. Like I can't I can't fault it. So that was my number two. So Richard, what do you got? Number one. Number one. All right, my number one is um, in praise of Pip. Oh, here yeah. we go. All yeah. right. Yes. Yes. The same yeah. director of the Bewitched Bull. So here we go. Here we go with this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> now this was and um. Uh, I, I was when I was trying to get through my top five here, I was like struggling. Like, well, how do I pick the top best episodes or do I pick kind of my top favorite? And I, I kind of, I guess, went through both just episode by episode, which ones I chose. And this this may not be the best episode of season five, but it is 
hands down my favorite episode of season five, even whenever I first saw it. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it's saccharine sweet. It's, you know, overtly religious in the end result, but it's still my favorite. I mean, and, and, and please allow me for a moment just to go through my notes here. Like Klugman is Jack Klugman playing the main character is perfect as the uh, down on his luck father, who's really only claim to pride is his son. And then um, whenever he uh, finds out that is, uh, well, let me see here. Hold on here. Yeah. Klugman's character still remains the same until he finds out that his son's condition is getting bad. And then the dude that he stole the money off of, he insists that he, you know, he's like, here, take the money and go. And then yeah, Klugman ends up getting shot and kills two people, but he's still almost divine intervention lets him have that chance to be the father that he never was well, at least for however long with his son so it, it it was you know really cool to watch that and the scenes with him going and then the son just kind of stops all of a sudden he's like hey look dad i got a dip and <laughs> pretty much yeah you know, the cinematography like, no, no, on the boardwalk and like the house of mirrors and everything else was beautiful it was yes. beautiful, like, and Klugman yeah. sells it. Yeah, oh I yeah, he does. Yeah. And then whenever he comes out and he, you know, starts, you know, screaming to God, like, you know, it, it, you know, let me exchange places for him. He deserves to live. Blah 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 blah. I mean, that <laughs> I, circumstances being what they were, my my dad was actually getting operated on that day because he was going. He's going through some things, and man, I I just I had. My beard soaked up tears streaming oh. down my face. I'm not going to lie. I, I was just a wreck mm. watching that. And especially even at the end, whenever they show Pip coming back and he, and he says, oh, I'm your best buddy. And I was like, I was done. I was just done. It, it just psh, wrapped it up for me. That, that was an excellent, excellent episode. So I, I will, um, I, I'll, 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 I'll counter this with, and to make you feel more sad. Uh, so, uh, with, so there, there is the book, the audio book I've listened There's an actual book. I just listened to the audio book recently. It was as I knew him, uh, uh was from, uh, uh, Anne Serling, oh, the, the yeah. daughter of Rod. Uh, so he called her Pip, right? So that was the whole thing of like, it was one of his nicknames when he wrote the script. It's one of those things. It's like, he was kind of including this and she didn't. After his passing, she had such problems because she was like 20 years old when he just like just suddenly passed away, like to yeah. like to things that she had a hard time going back or visiting Twilight Zone. When she came back to this and realized like all the dialogue that was like things he took from her, like it was what he felt like, like it was one of those things where she talked about, like it felt like he was talking to me. So that that's amazing. Right. And then also oh. I have a quote here. Um, and it was one of the last interviews, sorry, the last interview that Serling gave that I found in the, the Twilight Zone Encyclopedia, uh, asking about like, how do you feel about people performing lines? I think this is appropriate. He mm -hmm. said, yeah, I'm frequently surprised, sometimes bugged off. I love that phrase. And sometimes <laughs> happy, depending upon the actor. It's a fact of life that just as often as his act, just as often as not an actor can breathe life into a line as he can destroy it by uh, misrepresentation. And I've been blessed frequently by having good actors. You get certain guys like Jack Klugman, Jack Warden, Marty Balsam, uh, solid, dependable, uh, consummately skilled men 
who invariably take lines and breathe, breathe great life into them, great vibrancy and great uh, truth. I think that I think that sums up uh, Embrace of Pip. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And and like one last thing that I wrote for this, and I think it kind of encapsulates the Twilight Zone as a whole. It's like just and and maybe it's just what I got out of this episode. But you can really, yeah, like I said, say it about the whole the whole show. It's like a testament that how when you're presented with the right story, even almost sixty years on. flaws being what they are or not, it it can still hit you just right. Yes. Yeah. So So yeah, that's it. That was my number one. Terry, what was yours? Number one, nightmare at 20,000 feet. Boo. I I was my number two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I did. I I may, I might be a little jaded here because the movie, I love the movie and the storyline is in the movie, but I just, I, when to it is you know as fresh minded as possible and not really expecting what i was what i got I and mean, honestly william shatner is awesome in this episode i mean he kicks he kicks ass in this oh, and i so just, so restrained and so good yeah it's just i mean you can reinvent the wheel as many times as you want and it's still great man it's still a great episode and honestly there's a reason people keep on coming back to this episode mm-hmm. And it's just like, it bums me out when people say, no, you know, when it got to season five, Twilight Zone kind of sucked. Uh, yeah, nightmare. Are, are you speaking from a be- bewitching pole accent? Is what's going on? <laughs> that that sounds like a little Aunt T there. Aunt T's right? told me that. Sometimes no. when you're looking at season five, you just got to accept a boop and the face and the boop. <laughs> You know, no, it's I, I just don't know where the, all that criticisms come from. And I think season five has some real gems like the ones that we're talking about, like this episode. Nightmare of 20,000 feet is an awesome episode. So, Fair, I think I think fan. that's valid. Yeah. So, yes. all right. Before I get to my number one, oh, I'm going to see something. I got another quote from uh, Sterling and then I, I will I will cap all this off with a, a, another one. Right. So like that's what I'm teasing this. So. Uh, this is from from the reporter asking him questions like last last interview. Uh, do you think you can say more about topics of social significance through a contemporary drama or more through the framework of science fiction and fantasy? Sterling said, I think you can say more obviously in the framework of an honest to Christ contemporary piece so that you don't have to talk in parables and symbolisms and the rest of it. But that is not to say you can't make a point of social criticism using science fiction or fantasy as your backdrop. We did that in the Twilight Zone a lot, but there's no room for that kind of subtlety anymore. The problems are so much more with us that they have to be attacked directly. So this was though this was one of the last interviews he gave. This was after the uh, Night Gallery. I think he acknowledged the social significance. And it's, I mean, you mentioned Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet. We talked about how we like the the like Bill Shat had like a PTSD. Like, there's other things going on where it's like, oh, but there's a wing walker. Like, there's like like he was able to kind of like open the world to be like, we can talk about more, right? More, more, more. And other writers came in and was like, we can if you get this framework. Like, and and Charles Beaumont was a huge defender of this position. Um, like before his brain like turned to shit and he fell apart, he was like one of the people that was defending Sterling and was like, this is an important avenue to talk about social change. Like Beaumont was there. 
And I feel like, <laughs> like we talk about season five and, and the series as a whole, like they were able to open the door to so much. Right. And so like, and meaning that regardless of your political affiliation or how, where you're at, and Sterling talks about that in the Library of Congress um, uh, video that I referenced earlier, where it's like, if you if you make it distant enough, people can acknowledge like the greater evil. And I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, uh, there's so much to, to chew on with this, right? Like season five might have more downs than ups. And I would say that wholeheartedly because my my bottom five is 15 20, whatever, anyway. <laughs> but my number one is not going to surprise anybody here. The we witching pull. We, the oh, witching pull. The bewitching pull. It's going it's to be... both lists. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be a short... <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. It is number 12 looks just like you. Because it is... Nice. Like I've mentioned, this, it's pure crystallized Twilight Zone where it is abstract enough, speaking of social issues... It has a sledgehammer of an ending. Like this is this is why you watch the Twilight Zone to come in to be presented ideas that are going to challenge you, and you're not going to be happy with the outcome. Like this, oh Christ! I don't know why this is not talked about. This is this is a hammer of an episode. Like, yeah, this this episode <laughs> is just killer, killer, killer. Yes, like after yeah. watching the Bewitching Pool the first time. I was like, I need to watch another episode. So I watched this one (laughs) to kind of be like, to remind me of where we're at. Like this is like, and I feel like, unfortunately, this is one of those ones that gets louder. Like this is this, like I've, I've talked, we didn't even talk about like uncle Simon. We didn't talk about like, like Terry's rolling his eyes. We get to like, uh, (laughs) or like the bracelet or whipples. Like we didn't get into like the proto black mirror episodes. Like this kind of is too. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, it is, trying to fit you into a societal norm and make you feel better about it with a, a cup of instant smile. And then when you get there, are you ultimately happy? Like yeah. Christ, this, this is just, it, it just hammers and hammers and hammers. And like, I, I, when I go back to the season, like, I mean, you got, you know, like Terry 20,000 feet is like one of those ones. It's like, we're going to talk about it in two weeks. We'll talk about that in a second, but my God, like this was like the biggest surprise for me. And it just, it's, it's haunted me since. So I dig this episode. Yeah. I can see people that, I mean, if you do like black mirror and all this stuff, this is right up that Avenue. I mean, like, you know, that's a newer show obviously, but you can see where the blueprints were made from like that, that when you see this kind of like storyline and that you understand people were taking notes when they were watching the series and that. So um, yeah, it's a great episode, and I'm glad that it was on your top five because otherwise I would have gave you a Charlie horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know we, we I, as far as much as people might be like, you only have 42 minutes last week, aka Richard that's in the chat right now. Um, <laughs> we've, we've went two hours, like two additional hours. Yeah. So I think, I think we're going to wrap up season five. Um, just, uh, real quick before we get to, uh, I guess we got a gift exchange that's coming, so we're yep. gonna get to that in a second. So, Richard, um, you joined us for this entire season five. Um, like, was it worth it? Was it not worth it for you? Like, just let me know. Uh, I feel like a loser. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it because I mean, just 
watching not only the the handful of episodes that were maybe even a couple episodes I should say that are talked about regularly the nightmare 20,000 feet which is an amazing episode and um even the one that I had seen by accident an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge phenomenal episode which but, let, um, let's rephrase like if we didn't acknowledge that that was never intended for the twilight zone i think that would have been in all of our top fives for the season let's be fair yeah like, i had it on my there's honorable an asterisk mention. there it's like yeah. we don't rate professionals like yeah. that was that thing <laughs> yeah was i mean if, if i hadn't actually amazing. been on to talk about that it, it yeah same with nightmare Twenty Thousand feet it's like i i gotta take these out just because i've already talked about them at length before so no, but, Occurrence of yeah. Bridge, like uh, we talked about it in the episode previous, it is a phenomenal episode. But we can, can we just all acknowledge it wasn't a Twilight Zone episode? Yeah, I had an but, asterisk. Oh next my to gosh, it. like it is yeah. punching so above its weight class being in with everybody else that I couldn't include it because it's like it's too good. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this one's too good. <laughs> But, yeah. but, but yeah, to your, to answer your question though. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely worth it because, and, and to what we were just talking about to catch the episodes that no one talks about that they should number 12 looks just like you. And uh, I mean, um, a night call, which, you know, that was in my top 10 and, and I could have easily have swapped out one of the ones in my top five for that and been all right with it. It, it just, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, taking the good with the bad or taking the ones that, you know, okay, I could see how this would be a really good episode if you just worked it around a little bit, tweaked some things here and there. And, and, and so, yeah, to, yeah, like you said, there, there is probably more bad than good, but I, I ultimately had a rough time trying to nail down my top five from 10 or more rather than my bottom five, which was pretty much easy. Breathing. That's fair. That, that's a good problem to have. So Terry. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have, you joined the show in season four. Um, we, we now, we went from those 19 episodes into this 36. Um, like, I, and I know that you've watched other things, but like, where do you land on season five? I loved it. I mean, like, I, I, I understand its flaws, but I think every series has its flaws, especially when you're talking about, um, something that is uh, anthology based. I mean, not everything is going to shine as brightly as everything else, you know, like the, the, the brighter episodes, obviously we've noted those. Um, but you know, it, it, I I'm able to take the good and the bad together and still enjoy this ride, man. I, it's been a hell of a journey with you. I'm glad that you invited me on to be a part of the cast and everything. And, uh, I've had a wonderful time. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I yes. have uh, blackmail photos of you in compromising positions, and I'm kidding. <laughs> like watching you, uh, the you, witching pool. <laughs> and you're just smiling the entire time. Yeah. Like, I got you. He's really enjoying you. it. I know it. No. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, I would argue that, like, every season of the Twilight Zone has its ups and downs. And I just, I went through that earlier. Um, you know, some more than others, but I also think that a lot of that is based upon um, what came before. So it's easier to forgive earlier things versus because like, you basing up, you, know, you judging up of what came along. Um, I don't regret this journey. I hope the listeners don't regret this. Like this has been like this was a goal of mine. Like, you know, like I just wanted to do this and I want to thank. I want to thank Terry. I want to thank Richard. I want to thank previous guests. I want to thank uh, my previous host for like this coming on. Like just, this has been a hundred plus interesting conversations 
And I will never regret that. Um, because again, the twilight zone is worthy of discussion, good, bad, otherwise. And it's going to, it's going to color our lives. And if you guys like anthology horror, this is where you need to start. Um, please show people like maybe if someone's like, they're like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, if, if the office is the only thing they know, maybe bring them with the twilight zone. I don't know. For the love like, of God. There's so many people I know. It's just like, I love friends. I love the office. It's like, you realize there's more than two TV series out there, right? The TV series shouldn't be a personality trait. I'm just going to throw that out yeah, there. No. That's my hot take. Um, but like our, our, our mission statement here is like we, our mission statement for the past five and a half, five and a half years was to watch the original series in the twilight zone sequentially. And we have done that and it's been a lot of fun, good, bad, otherwise. So please watch twilight zone. Um, and we're going to wrap things up now. It's been almost three hours, which I feel like if you just tack that on to the last couple episodes, you'll work, it'll work itself out. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Right before. Okay. Yeah, please go ahead, Richard. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say thank you both for having me on. I know it was a longer episode, but but we kind of knew what we're getting into, right? Like this is yeah, yes. Sorry, sorry to the audience who likes to watch or listen to uh, shorter Shorter episodes. Yeah, Yeah, like I'll (laughs) place the blame entirely on this. (laughs) I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. We'll we'll plug things here in a second. So, all right. So um, that's going to do it for our season five and season sorry, series wrap up for the Twilight Zone original series. Uh, before we get into where people can find us, uh, Terry was showing me, he bought me a gift and I have a gift for him as well, which is going to be a gift for uh, Richard. So Terry, where, where, what's the gift? What do you got? What do you got for me? Okay. So it has nothing to do with the series, but, <laughs> but I know you're going to love it. Oh, and it's going it to be is, a gift card to TJ Maxx. I and it is wait. somewhat related to things that you like. Oh, thank you. There's butcher paper here. Look at this. Yeah, it's craft paper from work. It's wrapped up. Brought to you by EIS. Oh, I'm I'm, 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 uh, hitting the microphone repeatedly. Oh, this has nothing. You're right. This has nothing to do with the series, but I love it. Um, It is the Psycho Goreman soundtrack on vinyl. I adore this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, If people have not seen Psycho Goreman, that is not part of the series. Go on Amazon Prime and watch this film. It is a delight. This is so much fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. I had to um, wait three months for the son of a bitch, but it's <laughs> <laughs> finally in your hands. Oh, oh, hot, hot take. Multiple Psycho emails. Psycho Man is... I'm sorry. Psycho Gore Man is a better film than The Baby. <laughs> You're not All wrong. Right. So, Terry, close your eyes. I want to give you a gift that's going to come to you and to Richard soon. Here you go. Open your hands. Here you go. Oh, what, do I, what did I get what? you? Uh, it is Twilight Zone related because it is the Twilight Zone series on DVD. The com- well, no, no. It's oh, the from complete the 80s. 80s series. Oh, the 80s series. Oh, yes. Guess oh. what, people? I am prepared. Yeah. 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 So I. Uh, it's Thank good. you, sir. I'm going to send this to Richard soon. It is the 80s <laughs> series of the Twilight Zone, the 80s series. Uh, it's not on the Blu-ray, cool. which is surprising. It's not available streaming. And I apologize to all the listeners. Because what we're going to do next here on the show on Strange Highways, we're not done with the Twilight Zone. We're going to continue on. We're going to go to the 80s series. There are three seasons of the 80s series. Uh, Two American produced and one Canadian one. I have no idea what that means. But we're getting into the 80s. It gives us it gives us a roadmap and like away the next three years, which otherwise would be terrifying. What we're going to do next. (laughs) 
but with that being said, um, the rest of the year for 2021, we're going to get weird uh, and we're going to go different directions. Uh, we're going to take a week off because I don't know. Uh, it's been a while and we just finished season five of the original series. I think we deserve a week off. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, and then after that, we're going to cover Twilight Zone, the movie from 83. I'm pumped. I am pumped as well. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a good time. Sorry, uh, Richard, you're about to, you're about to speak up. Wait, oh, I just said sweet. Yeah. I mean, if you want to come movie. on, it's fine. We'll just make another four hour podcast. It's fine. Yeah. Um, or not. Okay, fine. Come on. Hey, I feel like, I feel like that's the dessert after all the veggies we ate for five seasons of the twilight zone that we got to get to the movie because the movie showed up before the, the revival in the eighties. I think that's the next step. Right. And then once we get to the eighties, uh, twilight zone, um, me, me, like, sorry. I, I like, so the next couple months before we get to 2021, cause we're going to start 2022. Sorry. We're going to start see season one of the Ace twilight zone in 2022. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to cover a lot of different anthology things. Two weeks, we're going to cover the, the Twilight Zone movie. Maybe we'll get to some Night Gallery. Maybe we'll get... Well, I know we're getting to The Incredible Shaker Man. Um, we're going to get to that. We're going to have a lot of weird detours. Yeah. Like, I just want... I just feel like it's... Like, we deserve a victory lap for a couple months before we get back into the Twilight Zone. Please, 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 everybody on our Facebook page at strange highways, let us know what you want us to cover the next couple months. Email us directly at strange highways at gmail.com. Um, you know, we'll consider it. Like I want to make Terry watch more black mirror and get sad. That's what I want to have happen. We'll Holiday some, plans. We'll get to some more monsters. <laughs> Wait, we know I didn't cover monsters. We'll get to some monsters and I'll let Terry, I'll let Terry begrudgingly pick an episode of Are the dark? My God, we've covered two of them so far. <laughs> yes. in the series. Ah, we'll get to that. It'll be, yes. it'll be terrible. The plans are falling into no, place. No, I don't like it at all, but we'll cover it. It's fine. God, I don't know why <laughs> 90 kids are excited for Are you afraid of the dark? F that series, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, I, I can't promise I will uh, follow along. With no, I agree. Ter- uh, <laughs> Terry <laughs> wants to pick one. And, and uh, Richard, I, 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 I love you. And I, would, I don't want you to come on for that because I, I will protect you. And I will uh, I'll save you from, from that. Maybe there's some more Tales from the Dark Side, like Tales from the Crypt. Let, let us know. We, we're going to run through till the end of December other things. Let us know you what, what you want us to cover. We'll get into it. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the meantime, uh, Richard, you do things, you make words, please tell people how they can find you and your words. I'm a damn fraud. (laughs) 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 Uh, And, and because I have imposter syndrome, that's how I feel a lot lately. So. <laughs> but, I, I, no, but, um, I'm a hack and a fraud do, too, I, but please I, let everybody know how they can be but, but in case you, you feel bad after that depressing statement today. <laughs> I, uh, I I do I do write short horror fiction. I uh, I have been published in Dimshores Presents Volume One, so I highly recommend you go pick that up because there are a lot of good short stories in there. And uh, Dimshores Presents Volume Two has also come out, and that has some good stuff in there as well. So you can find me at Facebook, Richard Staving Writes, W R I T A T E S. And you can find me on the old Twitter and Instagram at Richard Staving. And staving is spelled like starving, but you take out the R. So there you go. All one word. All right. So, yeah, check out his words. He does good word things. And, Terry, how could people find us otherwise? He's articulate as shit. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that. Said uh, yeah, he twice. is articulate. Appreciate that. Thank you, Terry. Um, Thank so, you. So yeah, I uh, we are on Instagram. Uh, come check us out on there. And as Paul always says, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast from. Go there. Find where you can rate us. If you can't rate us there, go find another server. Rate us on there instead. Tell your friends because we're going to have a lot of fun coming up this next year, and I we want you to be a part of that, man. Like come come check us out. Come talk to us. We'd love to hear the feedback. Absolutely. And uh, if there's uh, things you want us to cover, and if you say, hey, maybe I should be on that episode, let us know. Well, the more the merrier. Like a, th- like a third person's always great, except for Richard, because he talks too much. It's fine. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> sad Panta is sad. No, so no, no, no. No, I, I will make sure that I find a way to send uh, the AE Twilight Zone to you, Richard, so you can watch along with us and be like, hey, I have words, and then you can come on. It'll be amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you to, to, to you, Richard, and to Terry, uh, everybody that has been along for this. Um, it has been, um, it's, it's, I, I don't know, like, I it just, it's been great. Like, uh, ups, downs, whatever. I, I just, it's been uh, like hundreds of hours or whatever of talking about the Twilight Zone. We're not done yet, but we we have closed the door uh, on the original series, and like it, we're going to move forward. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, have a good week, have a safe week, have an enjoyable Labor Day weekend. Uh, we'll come back in two weeks and we'll talk about Twilight Zone, the original, like the original Twilight Zone, the film, and how that movie messed me up as a kid. That'll be exciting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, watch the twilight zone, go back and revisit, uh, your favorite episodes, not the bewitching pool. Do not do that. And uh, that's all I got to say, Terry, what do you guys say? And if you've listened up to this point, gold star for you. And, and Richard, what are you going to say on the way out? I have to say thank you both for having me on. Hopefully you will have me on for later episodes where we can talk for at least three to four to perhaps even five five hours about Twilight Zone and Twilight Zone adjacent material. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. But you have never run into a sponsor or network resistance on any of only, these shows? Uh, well, not on the Twilight Zone. Only once we had a show where it took place on a British steamer. Yeah. And uh, the captain had a line where he said, bring me down some, bring me up some coffee to the bridge. Bring me up some tea to the bridge, which, you know, is uh, a traditional thing with the British. They drink tea all the time. Yeah. Well, we had a sponsor who made instant coffee, and they wouldn't permit the mention of tea. They didn't make tea. So they made the captain say, bring him up some coffee. Well, of course, this was quite erroneous and was incorrect, so we changed it to sandwiches. Oh, I don't know really? what he drank. Seawater, I think. Uh, really? Yeah, that's the only major problem. Major problem. It's the only problem we've ever had on the show. For goodness sake. Except that they kept saying that I should look taller, and that's impossible. <laughs>